0: Bye. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Good evening and welcome to the Sandwich Day edition of the Sea Report. Yes, that's right. We're coming to you live on this fair sandwich day, Wednesday, the day in the middle of the week, the day sandwiched between Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday, that middle child of a day, Wednesday. (laughs) I hope all of y'all are doing pretty good out there. I see some people populating into the chat room already. We got uh, Aurelius Law Tam Growl first in place. Uh, uh, You know, there are some comments in there, uh, I noticed, Pilled by the Rabbit and Country Gal on the Sea, uh, they are not visible, so for all intents and purposes, Tam Growl, you shall take first. (laughs) But don't tell Country Gal on the Sea I said that, okay? (laughs) She's probably sitting there watching like, ooh, give me that cookie back. (laughs) Anyways, how are you guys doing tonight? I hope y'all's day is well. Uh, My day is going pretty good. It was a, uh, a fun day of news day, you know, like um, trying to come up with the stories. And, you know, really, it's not that hard over the hump day. I thought you were going to say Humpty Dumpty. No. <laughs> What's up, WC Crane Off? Um, yeah, you know. OK, so, you know, I mean, really, it, it's a uh, sandwich day. Yes, I'm having chicken piccata. Ooh, that sounds so good. I had myself some Italian food too, although it was box Italian food. So, you know, I don't know if that necessarily counts. Hey, Just V, how you doing? We got one and two here from yesterday's foxhole meetup. Hope you guys had a good meetup yesterday, Just V. I'm not jealous at all, I promise. I promise. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah. Over the Humpty Dumpty, we go. Over the wall, anyways. Okay, yeah. So, uh, news. Yeah, news, news, news. I mean, I mean to do a show like... A thank you, Disco Ball... Oh, hey, Disco Ball Chaser. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, hanging in there, sis. All right. Book Nook. What's up, girl? Oh, you guys have started to spill in. A little at of time. Good to see you all. Uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's not necessarily a hard thing to do to scoop up headlines, you know? Now, there are times... Um, There are times (laughs) there are times when, you know, it feels like it'll be a slow news day. And I'm sure that anyone else that does like headlines or news reporting knows exactly what I'm talking about. Like, it's like, you know, where are all the stories? And, you know, you know, you might want to have some stories on like, you know, on the back burner that you can move forward at that time or something like that. Uh, so you know it's always interesting to note like uh, how the day will take us, you know, and with this entire thing that's going on with Afghanistan, it seems to be uh, it seems to have been uh, monopolizing most of everyone's uh, you know um, the neural capacities. Uh, and and you know, I mean, that would be the same for me. Um, uh, we will have a few Afghanistan updates today. Because, you know, as uh, we were talking about the last couple of days, like, we really don't know what the heck is going on there. I mean, sure, there are those of us who are a little bit more, you know, uh, clued in than others. Uh, Some of us who might have uh, privy to a very, very thorough memory or, you know, just some kind of information that others don't. But uh, we're running on what we can, you know, here at the Sea Report. And to that end, yeah, like I said, we'll we'll have a few updates at the start of the show. So that we can uh, kind of reflect on uh, the uh, the convolutedness of this entire situation, I think I think the thing that would probably be most uh, beneficial as a main idea or a point of uh, a point of consideration is uh, is the different stories and the mixed signals that we the general population receive. From all ends, like we have stories coming from United States generals, whether we like them or not. Uh, We have stories coming from uh, across the sea. We have stories coming from news reporters all around the world. We have stories coming from people on the ground. Okay, so like uh, I'll present some of that stuff to you guys today at the head while we're talking a little bit about Afghanistan, then we'll get off of Afghanistan and we'll talk about some other things, just a couple of headlines that kind of littered you know, the new spectrum this evening uh, that I thought were kind of interesting to talk about and, you know, present us with some ideas I thought were, you know, interesting to share, um, um, you know, to kind of keep up with some stuff. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much what we got going on today, guys. We will have an interview with General Michael Flynn that we'll be listening to this evening. Uh, he, speak, he spoke with John Solomon of Just the News on uh, John Solomon Reports uh, yesterday and uh, again, you know, General Michael Flynn has a lot of knowledge of Afghanistan and, of course, that area of the world. So I thought, hey, uh, it might be good for us to hear that so we can get even more perspective. Right. So we can get even more perspective on uh, on what is occurring, because, God, guys, it is a it is a poop storm over there. You know what I mean? A poop storm anyhow all right let me see what you guys got going on in the chat room right now i see a lot of my faves are in the house hey jonah sark how are you doing yes yes aurelius Locke and just v had that clandestine meetup that that uh, rendezvous over there in california <laughs> That is so cool. Hey, did you guys take any pictures? Send some pictures into the seaport at protonmail.com. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. You guys don't have to send pictures. Um, hey, Ohio Kimmy. Buenas noches. How are you doing tonight, ma'am? This uh, is Mr. C. Good evening. Looking sharp. Thank you. I'm wearing my yellow tie tonight. Uh, you know, just so you guys know, because uh, I kind of promised and or said i would and i'm a man of my word as much as i can be uh i actually was looking into some merchandising stuff last night uh while i was doing some other things and you know um if i were to use for example like one of those websites where they kind of like uh um uh create on demand like your t-shirts or your posters or whatever they don't offer a lot by way of under I mean. <laughs> Oh, they had some boxer shorts. You guys are probably like, Mr. C, you're really going to make some uh, Mr. C underoos? Like the height of egotism and narcissism when someone's like, oh, I'm going to put my face on someone's underwear, right? No, (laughs) You guys are asking for them though. No, just kidding. Uh, And the only other thing other than that was they don't have anyone that does ties. Like I would really like to do ties. I think that that would probably be uh that would probably be a good clincher you know what i mean cuz i i mean this is an accessory that i do quite enjoy uh but anyways so i just thought i'd share that with you guys yeah i was uh <laughs> you guys really want those underoos, huh oh my goodness well i mean uh, you know i i'm pretty sure other people uh um uh, other other people not present here would probably consider that in bad taste <laughs> But you know what, if they're comfortable, you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't, I don't need you to, uh, I don't need you to display to the world, um, your support for the C report. You know, it's, it's always good close to your heart or close to your, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You know, um, you can get your coffee cups, you know, you can get your t-shirts, but, uh, you can't get your underoos. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Tam girl says see boxer briefs incoming. I mean, I could find something for boxer briefs. Uh, but, uh, anyways, <laughs> I just thought I would share that with you guys. I've never even thought about merchandise to be honest with y'all. I've never even thought about it, you know, but, um, I don't know you guys have been making me think about it lately so we'll see what's up we'll see what's up maybe in time for christmas no just kidding (laughs) okay let's see what else we got going on uh jonah sark i said hello ohio kimmy i said hola i said hello uh let me see what else we got going on here mr c oh goodness you guys i'm moving 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 okay uh mr c meeting aurelius Locke was like seeing a long lost brother we had a great visit you know just v uh that's the kind of sense that i get like uh isn't that amazing guys like meeting up with uh foxhole family meetups from what i've been told and from what i've experienced it's like meeting people that you've known for a long time uh and i think that says something uh to me not to get too esoteric woo-woo philosophical or otherwise i would be like hey You know, um, we're all part of the same soul family because, you know, I don't I don't necessarily believe in soulmates in the uh, Hallmark card sense of the word soulmates. You know, we're like you're you're destined to meet your soulmate, that one person that is your mate of your soul. No, I, I think that they're soul families, you know, and soul groups. And I mean, you know, who knows, like, you know, we may all be part of the same soul group. Like, what if we, what if we were all, what if we were all on the front lines fighting the American revolution? And we all had an understanding that uh, Great Britain was controlled by a central bank of globalist uh, pedophiles and we needed to bring them down. And then, you know, here we are. But anyways, guys, that's way woo. Sorry, we're not... <laughs> That's way woo. We're not going to get into that. Sorry about that, y'all. Didn't mean to go off into left field, right field, and uh, you know other dimensional fields there. Skeeter Burke, good evening, my darling, and thank you for donating the gold pills. Uh, my favorite man wearing a red suit on a Wednesday evening. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Skeeter Burke, your sweetheart. Um, Let's see here. What else do we got? Uh, <laughs> you guys are loving on each other. I love it. I love that you guys are loving on each other texas gal i know you as country gal on the sea i have not forgotten and thank you for the cookie you got the show started off uh with something tasty (laughs) don't know how to change my name watched millie today made quite made me quite pissed are you talking about general millie are you talking about millie millie country gal on the sea are you gonna make me pull this out early i have i have a surprise for you guys i would say to uh, avert thine eyes but i think you might enjoy this too much okay Country Gal on the Sea, just because you mentioned General Millie, yeah, and I didn't hear what he had to say today, but I did hear some of the things that he did say, (laughs) at least as of yesterday, but guys, okay, okay, (laughs) I don't know what you guys are going to say about this, but you know how I get about General Millie, right? (laughs) Watch out now. Now, don't put on your swamp glasses for this, guys, because you'll want to see this. Ready? Here we oh Victoria Millie oh wait I was like wait Tam (laughs) Growl. which Millie are you talking about I'm about to bust out something like crazy are you ready guys you might have seen this already tell me if you have Bam (laughs) there's your General Millie. There is your general. He's like, white hate gets me so pissed off. I want to make all of our military men transgender. (laughs) Anyways, okay. So I was going to save that for later, but you brought up Millie now and I could not resist. Have you guys seen that anyway? (laughs) Okay, let me get it off the screen. It'll be back later. I promise. I'll bring him back later. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. All right, guys, y'all are getting me too giggly too soon. All right. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's just Victoria Millie. That's his stage name. (laughs) When he goes out to the nightclubs like a lady, (laughs) he calls himself Victoria. (laughs) Okay, God, you guys. Oh, my goodness. that's Oh, I'm already laughing too much. You know, my mama always used to say, laugh now, cry later. I was like, wait, that's a theater thing? No, just kidding. I was like, did she used to be a thespian mom? And then she slapped me and I was like, no, I didn't say lesbian, <laughs> I said thespian. Okay, anyways, all right, okay. Let me, who let me, who Okay, let me calm back down, <laughs> let me calm back down. Okay, let's see. Um, Aurelia says, I'm saving the other eight ounces of prime rib for tomorrow, lucky you, lucky you. Okay, underoos, 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 coffee cups uh a tie might be easier to find than underoos well tbh to be honest Skeeterberg, like um you know well okay cuz like in the old days when i used to be in a band and you know i was like uh researching on how to merchandise and stuff like that like it was it was actually um what you would do is you'd find a shirt maker, a shirt printer, and you'd order like, you know, 50, 100, 200, whatever, and then you'd sell them yourself. But nowadays, they have these print-on-demand uh, websites where you just send them the design and the company prints it for you and ships it for you. So in that scope of merchandising, there's not one that I have found that makes ties, which is very sad. I always wanted to learn how to sew. I thought it would be cool to learn how to make my own clothes. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, but I mean, underoos, you could find them. Ties, well, I mean, boxer briefs, you could find them. Ties, you couldn't. Uh, maybe there's somewhere I should check into. Um, anyways, okay, so, uh, Joan Sark, thank you so much for the compliment. I'd try my hardest, but, you know, I just have a bunch of coats that were sitting in the closet, and I like to dress up, so uh, that, that brings me here pretty much. Um, Let's see, underoos with giggles on them. Texas gal, so underoos with giggles on them. You know, for the tie thing, I actually wanted to get, you know, one of those sound chips that you can push, like, you know, the little Christmas Christmas ties that sing jingle bells when you push your tie and, you know, Rudolph's nose lights up. If I were to do that, Texas gal for the underoos, where would I put the sound chip? (laughs) Anyways, okay, <laughs> I'll let you guys think about that. Okay, uh, let's see here. What else you guys got? W.C. Cranoff just released from Collar of Shame. So pretty docile. Now, what's the Collar of Shame, W.C. Cranoff? Anyways, okay, so... uh <laughs> A tie that would go along with you always looking sharp. Yes, actually, pilled by the rabbit is the one who gave me the idea to do a Mr. C tie, and uh, or maybe a line of Mr. C ties uh, with one that has a you know a sound chip on it or sound card. I think that would be so cool. Anyways, okay, so uh, let's see what else we got in here. Um, Yaba yeah, underoos in the front of the TV with. <laughs> classic tunes in a bowl of cereal is much more respectable than just a tie i like the way i like the i like the cut of your jibe aurelius Locke. tam growl thank you for the cookie cookie made of a finest boxer cotton all right appreciate you guys um let me see here skeeter burke can you picture someone eating cereal watching cartoons while wearing the mr c tie <laughs> To Aurelius Locke's point, right, Skeeter Burke? Okay. Uh, we're all, yes, we're all in the same family. Yes, we're soul families. I, I think so. I think I found my soul family anyways. But, uh, but looking sharp in Vegas, sporting their Mr. C merch. Oh, girl, you went there, Skeeter Burke. You went there. Now, trust and believe guys, if I go out to a public event, I will be in my suit and tie, okay? Um, for example, with the whole Dallas thing, I I, I had been accepted in as a uh, press member, right? Um, guys, I was in freaking Washington DC on January 6th in like what, 30 or 40 degree weather in this suit, okay? <laughs> so I'm telling you, I would do it, all right? Now in Texas, instead of my hips hurting from, you know, shivering so much, I would just be buckets of water because I sweat profusely guys. Like I sweat profusely, um, but, and that would be very gross. Uh, so I would I would not be asking Sidney Powell for a hug or anything like that, but like uh, I would, at least on the inside of the, uh, of the uh, show, I would be uh, dressed because uh, yeah, I mean, that's just, that's my, uh, that's my way of doing things at this moment. Uh, Let's see here. I thought they meant Millie. Yeah, Millennial Millie. I was like, oh, you're listening to Millie? That's cool. I didn't know she was on. She doesn't come on too often these days. Um, She's been working more on, uh, well, I guess she has a project that she's working on that has to do with internet access ability. Um, I did not get in on that, although I wanted to. Um, But yeah, um, I really really respect and admire Millie Weaver. You know, um, I really do. Um, not to mention, she's the only journalist that has ever been detained per the NDAA, right? And no one said anything about that crap, and they should have. Uh, Ursula in uniform. Yeah, really is Long, that is what Millie looked like. Maybe his name should be uh, Ursula Victoria Millie. <laughs> <laughs> Millie, not Millie, got it. Okay, I just got that too. Anyways, okay, so uh, let's see. Texas Gal, that meant a lot to me. Ohio Kimmy, thank you for the can. Uh I should write that joke down, right? About calling my mom a thespian. (laughs) I should write that down. I should write that down. Okay, that's my joke, (laughs) y'all. I should really write that down now that I think about it. That was a very fun joke. Someone remind me, okay, (laughs) to write that down later on. Uh, I have an artist friend who has an account on Redbubble. I've never seen ties there. Lots of blankets and coffee cups. Okay, so is Redbubble something like uh, not like Etsy? No, there's like another one that prints that prints your stuff for you. Um, Yeah, that would be so interesting. That would be so. Or if I could just learn to sew, I could make my own ties, and I would do it too. Um, Let's see. My friend used old uh, old ties to make. Oh, that's a good idea too. My friend used old ties to make curtains. He was a bit of a druggie, but very creative. The curtains looked awesome. Aren't most creatives druggies or aren't most druggies creative or is there a vice versa there? (laughs) Anyways. Okay. Uh, You just gave me an idea though. I could just go, you know, I could go down to the old thrift store and buy a bunch of ties and, and, uh, spruce them up somehow. I don't know. I don't know. Would that count guys? I don't know. Would that count? Uh, let's see. Um, Mr. C Jammies after dark, they would have to, anything after dark would have to glow in the dark. That same like green glow that my head glows. (laughs) I think that would be the best way. Meat sweats. Could you tell? No, just kidding. Do you got the meat sweats, Aurelius Locke? Is that what's going on with you? Anyways, uh, recent report, 15 million missing ballots. Recent report, 15 million missing ballots from where? Tam Growl, where are these ballots missing from? Keep your pick. I have not forgotten about that. Earliest luck. I have not forgotten about that. <laughs> I need to jump on that, right? Before COVID's over and they stop giving out shots. I need to jump on that real quick. Okay, cool. Awesome, guys. Let me see what we got going on over at Twitch. Doreen Merck, what's going on at... What's, Doreen Merck is holding on the light over at Twitch. Uh, uh, yes, uh, uh, she is just cracking up over there. <laughs> How are you doing, sweetie? Thanks for being with us tonight. Uh, we're sending love vibes to you from the family and vice versa glad you're having a great evening guys you guys have started my off evening pretty well i should say uh let me go ahead and real quick um thank those for the gold pills for yesterday, because uh, I, I mean, I was just so chopped up into the report. Uh, we had Sean Joe, Ohio Kimmy, iRobot, Blonde Blue, Lady Q, Better Lately, MacGyver, Merkers. I think that's you, right, Mr. E. <laughs> Trick Pony, Vet and More, uh, 17 Angels with 17 Blessings, uh, Tam Grouse, Sly Park 2020, 123 SKG, WC Cranop, um west coast crane operator right <laughs> nat hendy thank you so much for your support yesterday yesterday was a fun show it was fun to watch president trump with you guys yesterday and uh, even though this is a little bit later on in the report uh it's it's worth mentioning now yes president trump as you guys have heard will be doing a rally this saturday in alabama Um, And we will be covering it here at the Mr. C channel on the Foxhole app or the C report if you're over there on Twitch or Mr. C TV if you're listening on Trovo. So uh, do be sure to tune in. I don't have the exact time on that, or maybe I do, and I'm just not looking at my notes right now. Let's see real quick. What do my notas say about uh, Presidente Trump? Let's see. Let's see. uh... There's no time set, but as soon as I get a time down, guys, I will let you all know in case you would like to join us here, join the friends and the family and see what's going on for the uh, Trump rally this Saturday. We will be broadcasting that live here again, guys. Hey, Day Tripper, what's going on, sir? How's your evening going? Hope you're doing well. It's happy sandwich day, ladies and gentlemen, between uh, Monday, Tuesday and Thursday and Friday. There's a day so yummy, they call it sandwich day. And that is Wednesday. (laughs) I don't know how long I'm going to wax poetically about sandwich day, guys. But anyways, I hope you guys are having a great sandwich day. Okay. All right, guys. So let's see what we got heading up for tonight. And tonight's, like I said, we'll listen to an interview with uh, General Flynn via John Solomon reports in a bit and some Afghanistan updates. Um, uh, Let's see here. And then uh, a critical race theory, Uh, we're gonna touch a little bit. We have a little bit of a win on critical race theory. And then we're gonna kind of, uh, we're gonna honor someone who uh, stood up to the machinations of critical race theory, Marxist communism, um, and fought against it and uh, unfortunately had to take a loss because of it, uh, but is going to press forward no matter what we can, right? Sandwiches are delicious, indeed. Okay, so all right, and let me see what else we got going on here, ladies and gentlemen. A couple other stories we'll be uh, touching on tonight. Um, that last one we'll save for later. Day tripper, you missed the mark. You missed the General Millie uh, 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 goof meme that we had here. You've probably seen it before. I don't doubt it. I mean, when I, the minute I saw that, I had to snag it. It was so funny. It was so funny to me. Um, I just had to partake of it, you know, but yes. So anyhow, so we have a lot of stuff still going on, a lot of uh, confusion, a lot of uh, speculation of uh, surrounding the whole Afghanistan thing. And we'll just, we'll talk a little bit about that, but we won't get too much into it. I mean, there's not much more to be said other than to keep up with, uh, you know, the events that are occurring there now. So um, again, like as, as per What is going on in Afghanistan? I mean, basically what we're talking about is uh, there's just so many stories and stuff and such uh, surrounding everything that's happening there. But, 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 but before we get into Afghanistan, we have to remind ourselves. That at the C report, President Trump always leads. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's see. We have a few. Uh, we have a few short statements from President Trump. Uh, he doesn't need to say much in regards to uh, what is going on, in effect, in the other side of the world in the Middle East. Uh, first statement released was this could be Afghanistan, another Dunkirk situation. Okay, just calling it like he sees it. Second statement. Fake elections have consequences. Just look at the horror of Afghanistan coupled with the massive incompetence at the southern border. And again, one must admire the tenacity of a man who is going to drive a point home uh, because whereas everyone has not ever reported about the election fraud or the election audits in the mainstream fake news, legacy, lamestream media, you know, people are still hearing this message Uh, it's a very, a very, um, a very, uh, what do you call it? It's a very good thing to do. <laughs> oh, my words are escaping me at the moment, but um, you know, tactical. I would say very tactical to keep that uh, keep that thought in the forefront. And of course, you know, all of the media can keep on saying is that uh, he keeps on going on with this big lie, like it's some big thing uh, that will just uh, kind of uh, pop up and disappear. But that's not going to be the case. We'll see soon coming up. But you know, and this kind of just goes back to the entire politics of it all. Right? Right, because um, uh, we have we have in fact the general truth. What we know is true. Correct. What we know is true, uh, versus what they keep on saying. Um, uh, but you know, it's kind of like. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, some of the other things that people will get President Trump on, whether that is like, you know, the vaccine or anything like that. But these are things that have to be said and have to be done, uh, because that way it stays at the forefront of the mind. And I mean, it shows his resolve. He's not going to give up. You know, President Trump is our president. You know, the election was stolen. And uh, so people can call it like they want in the mainstream media. But in the end, we know it's all propaganda. Uh, we know it's all lies and uh, mistruths and fake news, and that's that's one of the most troubling things that we see coming out of this entire situation in Afghanistan. So all of this really ties in um, when he says something like "fake news elections have consequences." Uh, it's like, dang, like you know, we as we as a, as an aware or like a, as a, a population of individuals who are kind of you know, clued into exactly what is going on here. We, we are the kind of like, uh, this happened because it was a fake election, or this happened because the fake election occurred, and this was manufactured, you know, and that's what I've been kind of saying since Monday, is like, this seems very manufactured, you know, like, Uh, Everyone, you're seeing all the generals, you're seeing all the CIA, you know, speak spokespersons, the Pentagon, Defense Department, politicians, uh, people from around the world, reporters and also uh, other state leaders around the world you know, just giving their opinion and giving their statement based on what they see, obviously, about how this entire situation has been handled by resident Biden, by illegitimate Joe. And, you know, so it's like, was this indeed manufactured? You know, there was this clip that had just come out of, uh, of illegitimate Joe returning to the White House. And he looked like he looked he looked like feeble. He looked pretty feeble. He kind of looked like, you just woke me up from a long helicopter flight. You know, like, he looked like he could hardly move. He looked like if he moved too quick, you know, uh, the waist would slip out of his depends. That kind of thing. So, you know, like, um, you really have to wonder about it. And then you have to wonder about where this would go. And, of course, this will all go some way that we may never know or this may all go some way that we could never guess, you know, uh, like we're talking about Biden being called out, Kamala coming into place. Will Kamala come into place? could Pelosi make a rise? Like, you know, where's this all, where does this, I mean, because like we showed you that Politico art, article, we listened to that interview with Dana Bash and uh, what the hell Harris, you know, and um, as she said herself, you know, I was the last person in the room and uh, Joe does what's right. Not even if it's right for himself. Okay. And to me, that's a big clue. But, you know, is there a third or fourth uh, power player in there somewhere that we don't know about, you know, Um, and as we'll discuss in a little bit uh, when we're talking about Uh, I've called them uh, updates for the Taliban, supposed violence for the Taliban and troubling factors about what's going on in Afghanistan. When I say troubling factors, I mean what's troubling for me, like when I'm looking and examining the history and what I've seen and what I know, there's like some X factors out there that I'm kind of like, how does this fit in? What is the big picture? Do I need to take a bigger step back a further step back because clearly I'm like, dang, like when you think you got it figured out, you know, when you think you got it figured out. Okay, let me see what else we have here. Oh, we have some more Trump updates. No, don't you worry, guys. We got at least, uh, I think, a couple more. <laughs> Obviously. Okay, and uh, let me see what we got there. Okay, what? Oh, beautiful. OK, <coughs> pardon me. Uh, so the next President Trump statement we have is uh, Biden did this to celebrate on September 11th, when actuality, the celebration is our enemies. And the fact that we already have the Taliban flag flying over our Obama Biden built one billion dollar U.S. embassy in Kabul. Hmm, guys, so that's another factor that I'm talking about, guys. That's one of those X factors, right? When we we discussed the history of the Taliban uh, since Monday, right? And then and then one of the X factors that I was going to present to you guys, and you guys already knew this because you guys were telling me this in the chat yesterday, was that Obama had released, you know, some of these Taliban leaders who currently are taking over in Afghanistan. And we have this statement O'Biden built, you know, O'Biden, Obama, they built a $1 billion embassy in Kabul, right? And then you heard President Trump talking about the forts from yesterday, right? You know, so it's like, um, what was the actual game plan here, you know? And if Obama traded these, Af- uh, these Taliban fighters for some, who, Bo something or other, some, some, I don't know. I can't remember what, who, what, what that guy was. What was he again? Um, Bo, Bo something. He was like some new, was he was a news reporter. I think he was a news reporter. Um, did I put that under my troubling factors about this whole situation? I believe I did. Yeah. Oh, for an army deserter. Okay. This Bo guy was an army deserter, right? And Obama traded five of their deadliest people for him to release them back into the wild uh you know they make a stop in turkey and then they head over to you know afghanistan or something like that um uh what what was the game plan then so so if obama's the one who did that this game plan would have been under hillary clinton supposedly right it would have been under Hillary Clinton. Okay. And, and then I can see that making sense. Actually, that makes sense. Now, now this is maybe not, maybe this is not an X factor. I was like, wait, Obama released them. Now they're storming the Afghanistan and taking it over that. How does that make sense? Okay. Well now it makes sense because, because of course they probably would have expected these, uh, these monstrous Taliban five to have struck while Hillary Clinton was in office. She did not make it in office, so President Trump bombed Taliban to the negotiation table. I guess that makes sense now. Okay, I guess I cleared that up for myself. Thank you, President Trump. Okay, (laughs) thank you, President Trump. But, you know, good, 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 good point to have. Bo Bergotti, thank you. What a dumpster fire that was, says Skeeter Burke. Uh, All right, and then here's our official announcement. I pulled up this this photo image, Imogene, of President Trump. Uh, of course, I, like I said at the onset, he will be having uh, a rally in Alabama. It will be uh, this Saturday, right? Yes, this Saturday, August twenty-first. It will be uh, an Al- uh, it will be um, a rally in Coleman, Alabama. All right, that is between Birmingham and Huntsville on Interstate sixty-five. In case you didn't know, or in case you're in the area. And, uh, we look forward to now as, as I get more details on this, I will let you guys know, at least hopefully by tomorrow, I'll have a little, more, a little bit more detail on this. And, uh, indeed, guys, we will be airing that live here on Saturday. Uh, man, I tell you what, uh, President Trump, he is just, he is just taking over the Lone Star News report, guys. <laughs> Oh, man, when will we get Texas news in there? You know, I mean, I guess it could, we, I mean, I guess it could, you know, Governor Greg Abbott does have COVID-19. He is fully vaccinated. I mean, I mean, to me, it's like, you know, all the liberals and all the Democrats in Texas are like, that's what you get. That's what you get, Abbott, because you're in a wheelchair and you don't want to wear a mask. Anyways, okay, so... (laughs) <laughs> all right. So yes, yeah, so we'll let you guys know for sure what's going on with that. So do please join us on Saturday if you'd like to hang out with the family here and uh, listen to the words of our president all together. One happy soul group. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let me see what we all got. And let me go back to the chat real quick before we move along here, because that was the last President Trump statement. Uh, let's see here. Uh, if you fold a sandwich, does it then become a double-decker taco? No. <laughs> WC Kranop. Thank you for gifting the shade. Secured an extra room at the Polo Towers, Mr. C. If you can secure a press pass. Are you serious, WC Cranop? Wow, I know exactly where the polo towers are. Okay. I once went to to a presentation at the Stratosphere where they tried to get me to do a a time rental there at the Polo Towers. Uh, That's right about center strip, a little bit south on the strip, but not too far south from everything. Uh, if you're serious, WC, I will get on that tonight <laughs> with many thanks, of course, and uh, uh, I'll bring the party favors. Tam growl, the ballots were a combination, a discrepancy from all... Say- oh, very interesting. Back, Going back to that question, that uh, or not that question, the statement that the fabulous Miss Tam growl had meant. Uh, a recent report shows 15 million missing ballots and uh, the report concludes the ballots were a combination discrepancy from all states. Uh, could those like uh, ballots be like the missing military ballots? Do you guys remember about hearing about that? They're like 3,000, 9,000 ballots from military members went missing and we found them in a swamp. Could be something like that, right? Could be something like that. Uh, let's see here. Just V, thank you for gifting the shades and uh, with love to President Trump um uh, skeeterberg says sorry mr c i know you're being serious but the way you said afghanistan <laughs> the musical <laughs> such a poor sorry serious <laughs> afghanistan yeah well uh, i don't know sometimes the musical tones come out of my voice i cannot help it <laughs> but i'm glad it brings a smile to your face hey we have to bring some levity to this situation over there i mean yesterday i was like these are interesting times or uh, something to that effect and i was like well i don't mean like Like, I'm not trying to downplay the severity of what's going on over there. But from the point of, like, you know, a student of history or someone who appreciates it or at least pays attention to it, um, it, it's very interesting times, guys. Like all of this, like as terrible as this election fraud has been, can you imagine the stories that we can tell uh, to our to our um, children and, you know, people that are yet to be born? If anyone made Afghanistan the musical, it would be such a great opportunity to open people's eyes. You know, Skeeterberg, that's, you know, I mean, comedy and, and art, that's what I'm talking about. So, uh, support your local patriotic artists, ladies and gentlemen, or poets, or writers, or painters, or musicians. Uh, That's what it's all about there, guys, because ultimately, guys, uh, ultimately, the patriot culture needs that culture like they need artists and writers and musicians who are conservative or patriotic. And they're out there, you know, they are out there. But, you know, you know that uh, most of the art world is just totally aligned to liberals and lefties and Marxists and communists and other people that have absolutely no appreciation for creation or life right? Um, but, uh, but man, can you imagine the rich undercurrents of a, uh, um, a well-owned artistic talent that is conservative or patriotic? I'm just saying, okay. <laughs> um, back in the day when we were still riding on the currents of, uh, of um, you know, the uh, uh, pedo wood and, and all of that was coming out with the music industry and the Hollywood industry and all that stuff like that. Like, I mean, cause guys, you know, like I have a bunch of artist friends, uh, very creative in my family, as I've shared with you guys before, you know, I write, I've published books and crap and stuff like that. But, um, I used to tell my friends, I would be like, look, they'd be like, I don't think I'm ever going to do anything. Or, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to make it. And I'd be like, look, there's going to be a great big sucking sound in the art, music and writing industries in a few years. So just hold on tight. Cause we're going to need the talent. And of course, the great big sucking sound would be all of the celebrities and musicians getting arrested and putting in jail for being pedophiles and, you know, uh, bloodthirsty, satanic baby eaters. But um, we'll have to wait a little bit on that, guys. But that doesn't mean it's not coming. You know, (laughs) it doesn't mean it's not coming. But, you know, art and comedy, I'm sure I don't need to tell you guys, is a great way to get one's point across. And usually it sticks or it clicks with people when you put it in that form, as opposed to just straight up, you know, uh, banter and uh, talking and stuff like that. But anyways, all right, let's see what else you guys got going on here before we move on. I heard somewhere today that the Taliban were tricked by Biden. dun think it was on 412. I'm not sure about that. Uh, Can you expand on that, Texas gal? Like how did Biden trick them is I guess what I would want to know. Uh, Because Biden seems like he's pooping in his depends, right? So I don't know if uh, I don't know who got the trick. You know what I mean? Did Biden get tricked on or did it just backfire on him? I'm not sure um let's see uh taliban on the tarmac is that going to be the name of the musical skeeter no just kidding <laughs> uh let's see chop oh chopped salad's good now i want a pbj sandwich mm-hmm uh beau Bergdahl, yes uh a fried pbj with a small scoop of vanilla ice cream i want oh that sounds you know uh, you know aurelius i've never really gone into the entire you know culture of peanut butter and jelly but that does sound good uh maybe it's the fried part <laughs> Maybe it's the fried part. Uh, the Taliban should start a travel agency, says Mitradate, and charge $10,000 for a one way ticket to Honolulu on Hawaiian Airlines. Dun dun sh! I'm sure there's a joke in there somewhere, a Mitradate. <laughs> but much like that plane, the punchline did not land. I'm sorry, sir. Okay, <laughs> I'm snacking on jalapeno poppers. Yum, that sounds delicious. Uh, Let's see. I'm watching jalapeno popper. Hey, (laughs) hey, okay, fine. You know what? I might be a jalapeno popper, but at least I ain't cheesy, right? Because there's cheese in jalapeno pop. Anyways, okay. Um, What are we, what else are we talking about in the chat today? I pray the people in Afghanistan are digging tunnels or something. Skeeter Burke, don't you know that there are already tunnels in Afghanistan dug up by our local CIA operatives and other globalist contractors to push drugs and human trafficking? Just kidding. I don't know that to be a fact. Um, and let see, fake tests. Uh, I'm in line at Chick fil A. Uh, uh, um, uh, well, Godspeed sees today 9 11 and enjoy your chicken. Um, let's see here. What else we got? Uh, 20 minute walk. It's a done deal. Oh, wait, wait. WC Cranop says seven minute drive to Caesars, 20 minute walk. It's a done deal. You know, dude, like, okay. Every time I went to Vegas, I'd usually walked or I took the, uh, what was it called? Oh, dang it. The, the Deucey, right? Is that what it's called? (laughs) The Deuce, not the Deucey. That's, that's the governor of Arizona. I'd always walk or take the Deuce. And maybe the last time I went, I would take like a lift if I wanted to go somewhere off strip, right? I thoroughly enjoy Las Vegas, you know, we're all sinners here and that is Sin City, but I don't think it should be judged that way because it's all in what you do, right? It's all in what you do. Um, Dang, guy, let me tell you what, I could tell you some stories or just read the book. Okay, anyways, all right. So, uh, okay, we need to get back into the Sea Report. You guys are so distracting, but in such a good way. Y'all make me feel so good inside. Um, Let's see here. One time when I was teaching, my roommate stole the papers I was grading. I found them outside on the ground. Skeeter Burke, that's a tragic story. I hope you took care of that some way. Thank you for the cookie, Uh, Ohio Kimmy. Much appreciated. Hell, you're going to have better room than me, but I'm staying at venue. See, ooh, venue. I don't think I've heard of venue. Is that like another timeshare spot? Or is that like, uh, like an offshoot of like, I don't know, the MGM or something like that? In New York City, Vax exempt artists and a- really artists and athletes are Vax exempt in New York City. That's interesting. Very interesting. But I guess that's kind of like how in Austin, Texas, even though they have ordinances against smoking indoors, if you're an artist or a performer, you can smoke on stage. <laughs> Oh my goodness, you got it under control. You better take videos. Oh yeah. Thank you Mr. C. I wasn't trying to be disrespectful of the people in Afghanistan trying to get out, but such a great opportunity to bring awareness. Absolutely. Yes, Ms. Skeeterberg, no need to ever apologize. I always think your intentions are pure. Um get WC Cranop, did you not friend me on Discord? If you did, I will send you my um I will send you my contact info sir. yes art is life quite often um i'll call you tomorrow just okay that's a that's a that's a personal message there okay okay guys let me go ahead and run okay we need to get into today's report you guys are so much fun thank you for being here i appreciate you guys more than you understand all right so we got a president trump rally in alabama on saturday be here or just don't It's up to you quite really. It's up to you. All right. Now let's touch a little bit on Afghanistan so we can move off of this uh, Middle Eastern debacle over there. Okay. So yeah, we already talked about what we talked about, you know, the last few days, we are all pretty much, you know, uh, keyed into what is up. Some of the updates coming from this issue, China is declaring their support of Afghan Taliban, but of course, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying that a lot of the things that they're saying is just basically propaganda to, uh, you know, to uh, weaken the morale of Americans, to uh, strengthen the um, the the visage of China, to weaken uh, the opinion of America on the rest of the countries in this world. So that's kind of what's going on there. They have not reached a formal agreement of sorts, you know, but China keeps on saying, ah, oh, yeah, we're going to go over there. We're going to talk with them, etc. cetera. Uh, but that's their game plan for now, just like they're doing with Taiwan, just like they're doing with Taiwan. And, you know, now they're saying that America is going to abandon Taiwan also. And I'm pretty sure the Taiwanese people are freaking out because all you can do is basically rely on the propaganda that these uh, major fake news tunnels put out. The news is reporting violence and shooting uh, happening in um Uh, in Afghanistan and Kabul and other areas. Uh, Jalalala, I think was one of the names of the cities. (laughs) Now, okay, now to be fair, there was a report that came out no less than an hour ago that the Taliban had executed, I think, four army officers that were of the Afghan army or Afghan government. And of course they did say in a statement, as I showed you guys yesterday, that uh, they were not going to seek any kind of retribution Now, again, guys, I'm just going to be sharing with you the headlines. I'm going to be showing to you exactly how convoluted everything is, because we're hearing multiple stories from multiple um, areas, and nothing is quite meshing just yet. Um, You know, uh, the globalists are very much, uh, you know, um, they're very much uh, curators of chaos. You know, they are very much students of chaos. They love chaos. So I'm sure they're just swinging in all of this. Um, and we really have to use discernment when it comes to what we're being told. And, you know, I personally am not, um, you know, submitting 100% belief into all the stories that I'm hearing, whether it is pro-Taliban or anti-Taliban or pro-Afghanistan or anti-Afghanistan. All I know is that the Afghan stuff, uh, Afghan government that is not there, the president who fled, they were Western-backed globalist. Funded. Like they were funded by, and there's more stuff, troubling factors here, guys, we'll talk about in a minute. But, you know, uh, all I can think about is that when I look at the big macro, is that the government that the United States installed in Afghanistan after 2001 was Western backed globalist. Okay. Western backed globalist. To me, they're the bad guys. Okay. Like to me, those are the bad guys. And they did a regime change in Afghanistan just like they'd been doing since the 1970s. Okay. So that's kind of the big picture. Uh, but I try and keep, you know, my eye on exactly what's happening. So yes, they uh, there was a report that came out that uh, the uh, Taliban had executed four army officers for the Afghan gover- government government, um, and 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 that's against what they said that they were going to do. Do we know the circumstances around that? No. Were they in a firefight? Were they ambushed? Uh, did they go and seek out these? Did they hunt down these army officers? Like we don't know the situation. We just know that that's what is being reported. Okay, but among other things that are being reported that happened, like I woke up this morning. And I was like, okay, let's see how the world has turned on the story of Afghanistan since, you know, I was with you guys last night. And um, so there was indeed there were a bunch of reports, you know, uh, there was one story that came out of I think it was either I think it was the epoch. No, no, no. I think it was it was either just the news or it was uh, it was the Gateway Pundit. And it said, uh, you know, Taliban uh, shoot a woman for not wearing her burka burka. And, you know, she's in a bloody heap. Right. Okay, so I'm like, okay. so I read the story because, of course, just like, you know, uh, it was shared yesterday that the Taliban said in a press conference that they were going to, you know, give amnesty to women and they would have equal rights under their law. You know, and we don't know if that's 100 percent the Sharia law that they're talking about. They haven't declared that yet. Right. They haven't declared that. So, I go and uh, I look at this article, and then I find the root article. The root article is from Fox News. Okay, so I'm thinking Fox News. Okay, that's one of the uh, that's one of the uh, that's one of the Hydra Six. You know, it's one of the big uh, legacy media six. Fox News, owned by Disney. Okay, so they have owners. So they have a place in this spectrum. You know, they're on the globalist side. So Fox News is putting out a story about a woman. Uh, I guess she was refusing to wear her burqa. I don't know. It gives you no details. It gives you no details. All it says is the Taliban promised that they would not shoot women for not wearing burkas, And there's a woman who's dead. And, you know, and there's a pic, there was a picture and it showed it was like an action photo. So it was a little blurred. And it's like a, it's like a human being in blue cloth of some kind. It could be a woman, but I don't know. The men are pretty skinny over there too. So they're kind of effeminate looking in my perspective, right? And, uh, and uh, there's people surrounding her and it looks like there could be some blood. Um, so again, I don't know. But at the same time, one of the other individuals in that photo looks like a woman. So I'm like, okay, well then why aren't both of these women dead? Now I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying... Uh, do we have the entire context of what happened in this situation? OK, because there were more things that came out. Uh, there was a video that I had seen and I was going through everything, guys. There was a video that I had seen and uh, it said it said Taliban, uh, Taliban, um, um, uh beat up journalists and translators who are women, you know, and this was on Twitter, right? And there's a video of like a Taliban, I guess he's a Taliban. I don't know. I'm not over there. Uh, He's a Taliban man. And he's literally stomping like both feet jumping up and down on this uh, skinny human being. And again, I you know, they're all wearing dresses, men and women wear dresses over there. So I can't tell if it's a man or a woman. Uh, the Twitter thing said it was a woman, but you know, when it turned its head, it had a goatee. So I was like, I guess they're transgender over there too, you know, but anyways, so in this video, they're stomping on this, this individual on the ground, uh, you know, and they're saying it's, they're saying it's a reporter or a translator who worked for the Afghan government and it's retribution Taliban said that they wouldn't do it. And then, you know, all around that tweet, there are people saying that wasn't a woman. I mean, that wasn't a translator. That was a thief. There are people saying that wasn't a a journalist. That was someone who was stealing from someone. They're saying this is from the 90s, you know, like. And uh, so, I mean, you know, what can you believe? Right, guys? Like, what can you believe? Um, There was another one. And this one, I think, was I think this one was actually new, um, where it showed (laughs) this is exactly how violent and unreasonable the Taliban are like the guy had an RPG seven. Okay. (laughs) A rocket launcher. Right. And he's shooting, he's pointing at this guy whose hands are against the wall. And, um, from what I gathered through the articles I went through that that was a looter, like, and he wasn't the only one that was, you know, there was like three or four others of them also being detained, but from what I understand, those were looters, but, We're being reported that those are uh, Taliban abusing the people of Afghanistan and taking it out on everyone. So I don't know, guys. Like I said, like um, I'm not submitting any confidence in And any of this, but what I am telling you guys on what I'm presenting to you right now, is that there are 1000 different stories for all of these very few images, very few images, Uh, the ones that I thought were the worst were the ones that are like Taliban shooting guns and kicking people at the airport, right. And I go and look at the videos. And like, they're just people sauntering around, like no one's running, no one looks distressed, no one looks like they're under duress, no one looks like they're afraid, right? And then in one of the videos, you hear gunshots go off in the background and people kind of turn around and then they just keep on walking. And I'm like, okay, like we had more blood and violence coming out of Cuba, right? We had more blood and violence coming out of Cuba and they shut that down then we have coming out of Afghanistan right now, okay? And you would, and oh, what are you going to say? Because they don't have Twitter over there because they don't have internet access. I mean, they haven't had their internet access cut off, right? In, in Afghanistan, they did in Cuba. Uh, Biden did nothing about it, you know, even though like his family helped install, you know, the uh, the internet over there in Cuba and stuff like that. But like, what I'm trying to say is you have a communist regime in Cuba killing off their people, and then you have these mass terrorists who have come to take over Afghanistan and kill everybody. And you don't even see people like nothing. You don't you mean you would think you'd see them like mo- and, the, and trust me guys, you might see people walking around, uh, you might hear gunshots and you see the Taliban and they're armed. OK, they have full blown whatever machine guns, submachine guns, MK, uh, AK-47s, RPG-7s. I mean, guys, they're loaded with weapons, pistols, but you don't see them mowing down the crowds. And and you, to me, in my perspective, you know, if we're getting reports, oh, Taliban shooting people at the airport, oh, Taliban kicking people, you know, I would think that they would be showing us video of carnage. OK, and we had more carnage in the two days that the Cuban people were able to, uh, to um, broadcast what was happening during that protest than we've had in two days of this supposed super deadly uh, world terrorist group who's armed to the nines, not to mention they have all the new toys that Biden left for them, right? We're not seeing it, I'm not seeing it, okay? I'm seeing reports, I'm seeing words, a bunch of words, and I'm seeing like four pictures, four pictures. One of them had blood. Okay. And one of them had a bleeding baby, no context. Okay. No context. Um, so I don't know what to believe guys, but uh, you know, we're being told that the Taliban are attacking the you know, the shameful thing about it. The shameful thing about it to me is Fox news is pool. We could guess Fox news, but like the gateway pundit, for example, boy, they're going, they're like, I mean, I think, I think, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not attacking the gateway pundits. Uh, uh, they, Cause they definitely had election fraud right and the election audit, right. But I think they're allowing their emotions, their, their seething, loathing uh, of feelings against Democrats and liberals to get the best of them. And they just want to put out this narrative that liberals and Biden are so bad. Look at us because Trump won. And I get it. But I don't know, guys, like I'm being I'm reading different reports here. So I'm kind of like, hmm, I mean, what are we going to say? OK, so what else do we have here? Uh, As far as updates go, um, the Western-backed Afghanistan government. Okay, now that's something that's good and interesting to think about. Now, actually, I would put that under, uh, I would put that under the uh, troubling factors. Okay, and that is uh, that President Trump stated last night on Hannity that United States of America was paying the Afghan government, the Afghan military to fight the Taliban. And I don't think anyone, that should have been a moment where people go like, what? Like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean that the, um, Uh, America was paying the Afghan military to fight Taliban, shouldn't they have been fighting the Taliban just to preserve themselves, to preserve their installed uh, regime? Because don't forget, this was a regime change that happened in 2001 you know america and the globalists went in there america being the proxy arm for the globalists went in there and you know took over afghanistan so shouldn't the afghanistan military be fighting to preserve their culture and their way of life and to protect their people so why do they need to be paid by america right so saith president trump so yeah it's kind of like a red flag there like what 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 what's going on here what are you talking about prez um <clears throat> Another update from uh, what's going on in Afghanistan. Um, uh, Janet Yellen, you remember old Duckmouth herself, uh, the uh, current head of the Treasury Department, the former head of the Federal Reserve Bank, uh, Central Bank of America, um, has put a hold. They have frozen the assets of the talent, I mean, of Afghanistan. So Afghanistan had $9.4 billion in reserve assets in banks, um, a lot of it being in America. Uh, This is according to the International Monetary Fund of Demons, right? And that's approximately one third of the country's annual economic output. So interesting to note from this, of course, Yellen and the central bankers, the globalists, they're going to want to make sure that the Taliban don't get their their hands on the money that was meant for the government they installed. Because don't forget, the central bank is all part of this, the Federal Reserve, central bank, and all the central banks, they're all part of this, And uh, they're the ones who funded America and the globalists or the globalists via the federal reserve into America as a central bank to fund and to put in the regime change that we did in 2001. Okay. So yes, they want to protect their assets. That's their money because the Afghanistan government that fled was their people. So yeah, it makes sense that they would freeze those assets, right? Okay. So that's what happened. Okay. So talking again about this Afghanistani supposed violence, Um, there was a video of a Taliban man kicking a man in the face as they drove away in a truck. I saw that no context, but you know, like I said, these guys are, these guys are walking the streets with, you know, fully loaded, you know, um, guns and they're in their trucks with their guns. So tell me that riddle me this, you know, riddle me this CNN riddle me this Fox riddle me this gateway pundit. If these guys are so deadly, why is it that there's only one man in the truck who's getting a boot in his face and they're not mowing down everyone else? Because then we we're talking about how they're keeping people out of the airport, you know, and, and they're they're not allowing anyone in and they're knocking people down and blah, 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 blah. You know, riddle me this. Why aren't they mowing them down with their guns if if they are exactly who the media is painting them out to be? That's what I want to know. And again, I'm not painting the Taliban as an angelic force of heaven. I am simply pointing out to you guys the the deviations and the stories that I'm being I'm coming across. Like, you know, I'm coming across all these different stories they're all conflicting and i'm just trying to make some sense out of what i see and like i'm telling you guys all of these stories hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of news links and headlines and articles and there's like four pictures four pictures that they all use like come on you know like give us something here you know cuba like i said there was more bloodshed in 48 hours on film from cuba than there has been from afghanistan and supposedly this is this is bigger than than cuba right okay Anyways, uh, like I said, gunshots in a crowd by the airport. That was another thing that was happening. <laughs> okay, like I said, I saw the videos. You know, like there's gunshots you hear going off. You don't see people falling to the ground. You don't hear people screaming. They're, no one's running. They just kind of look and they keep on walking. But that's the best that they could do over there. So I don't know. Uh, we talked about, uh, the woman who was shot and she was in a pool of blood, but again, there are no other women. And I saw someone say something about there being nothing but men. They're like, I noticed when I looked at all the photos and the videos that there's nothing but men out there. There's no women. That's BS. Like I've seen the same videos and the same photos. Cause there's only four of them. And there are women out there too, and children and little girls girls and men, you know, like it's not just men out there. They all wear dresses. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't say that it's nothing but women out there anyways. Okay. So let me see what else that we have here from that. Um, okay. So here is one. Oh, this wasn't in the, sorry, I'm not showing the videos to you with this guys, but, uh, I just kind of wanted to do a quick update and here we go on the long run, right? Uh, there was a tweet that talked about, uh, it said this, on request of United States military forces in Kabul airport, Taliban has started brutally dispersing people who have gathered around the airport to leave Afghanistan. Many of them are on the evacuation list and should be evacuated over cooperating with the ISAF. Okay. So, I mean, to me, I was like, all right. So apparently the Taliban are cooperating with the United States of America. Now, if you look at the Gateway Pundit, they're like, oh, you stupid people. Do you really believe that the Taliban are cooperating? Do you really believe that they're going to do what you say? You know what, Gateway Pundit? You, you know, I mean, did you, did you look at the last 40 years, Gateway Pundit? Or are you just looking at the last 10 to 20? You know, um, so I was just like, that's not what I perceive to be. And we'll talk about that a little bit. We'll talk about the Kabul airport a little bit more in just a sec. But in that video, it showed a guy like kicking, like he it looked like a kid, like maybe someone who was like younger than twenty-four or something like that, and uh, uh, and but no one else did he harm, and he just basically chased him away. So I don't know if the kid was not supposed to be there. I mean, he 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 hit him with a stick two times and kicked him, and the kid ran, you know. But like there was all these other people there, so I'm kind of like well, why was he just focusing on this one kid? Like, had he told that kid, get out of here, or this is for women and children, or just for, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know. He didn't shoot the kid. Um, he, 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 I've seen people in Antifa hit other people with more force than that man hit that kid. Okay. It's <laughs> kind of what I'm trying to say. Like, it almost looked like a love tap, you know, like the kid didn't fall. He wasn't knocked to the ground. He was like, ah, and then like he ran, you know, like anyways. So I'm just giving you guys a view of what I've been seeing today. Uh, that Oh yeah. And then there was the Taliban are punishing journalists that worked with foreign media in Jalalabad. Uh, and, and, uh, everyone was saying it was old footage. Everyone was saying that they were thieves, uh, that they were looters and not that they were journalists. So I don't know what to think about that personally. Oh uh, yeah. That's the image that we were supposed to be using that. Okay. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about the troubling factors here. Now, when I'm doing this examination and I'm no expert guys, I am no pro. But when I'm doing this examination, um, uh, you know, and I'm I'm looking at everything that I've said and everything that I've dissected, right, I look at these factors right here and these factors throw me off. Now, one of the factors for sure should have been that the United States was paying the Afghan military to fight the Taliban. And when we stop paying, they stop fighting. That's one of the factors. That's like, hello, like, what's this all about? that to me would say that the globalist backed interests were paying the Afghan military to be on their side, you know, paycheck players here, you know, they're contractors. It's kind of what that sounds like to me. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, the other one that I told you guys about was how Obama had released the Guantanamo five or the Afghan five or the Taliban five, whomever they were now, that makes sense in context of history, because during Obama's era of, of, uh, of uh, you know, being a dictator, you no, know, during Obama, he could not have known that President Trump would be in office. So he would have released the Taliban five. So this way they could uh, run amok during Hillary Clinton's terms. Right. That's what Obama was thinking. That's why he released him. So that X factor has been expunged. I understand that now. Okay. Here's one that throws us for a loop, ladies and gentlemen. This one throws me for a loop, okay? The Taliban had offices. They had political offices, like, you know, an office building in Qatar, okay? The Taliban, who attacked Afghanistan and took it over and kicked out the Afghani government and made America look like a jackass, have offices, political offices in Qatar, And they are being funded by United States taxpayers, okay? I can't wrap my mind around that one, y'all. Like, what? Okay, so I'm like, wait, okay. So who are really the bad guys here then? I'm like, Mr. C. Like, okay, check yourself, right? Before you wreck yourself. Because if the United States is funding these Taliban in Qatar, and then they go and take over Afghanistan, I mean... Someone, someone, spell this out to me. I'm just telling you the facts that I found. This was a statement that I read. I believe in Epoch Times that the United States taxpayers were paying for the political offices of the Taliban in Qatar. Okay, and I know that that's where they were headed up. Like they were in Qatar, um, like I guess uh, uh, officially, right? But they were still doing like their warfare in northern Afghanistan and stuff like that. So that one was just like a whoa. Okay. Uh, Here's another one that was kind of like a troubling factor for me. Uh, This is out of Reuters in London. Okay, so Reuters in London, you have the head of the British Army. Today, the head of the British Army says, the world should give the Taliban the space to form a new government in Afghanistan and may discover that the insurgents cast as militants by the West for decades have become more reasonable and I'm like great Britain get out of here because we all know you're globalist backed we all know that you're elitist we all know that you are the swamp we all know that great Britain really crown crown honey do you really think you're gonna pull one over on us so when I hear people like from you know great Britain a crown colony uh, you know the the main the main uh, debt slaver here, right where where all these bankers really come and these globalists really got their foothold, right And they're telling us that we should think of the Taliban as being reasonable. I'm kind of like maybe uh, maybe I'm wrong, Mr. C like uh, maybe the Taliban are playing a bigger role here in assisting the globalists. I don't know, but I don't like it when globalists globalist countries start, Uh, singing the same songs that I'm singing. You know what I mean? Like, because that means that something's not right here. You know, like, so I don't know. Those are just some things I was thinking about when I was going through the news reports today that I came across in regard to Afghanistan. So there you got your updates. There you got your, uh, you got your supposed violence. Uh, Do with it what you will. You know, chew that fat all you want. Uh, some of it I can't make sense of, but, you know, we will know when we know, as you guys say in the chat room, and uh, we'll figure it out together, obviously. Hopefully, you know, we'll figure it out as much as we can together. And there you have Mr. C's troubling factors about Afghanistan when we uh, take into context some of the history and some of the geopoliticalness of it all. Um, but that's that. So uh, real quick, let's touch on this uh, Kabul airport. For this, we'll put. Oh yeah, there's the Kabul Airport. Yeah, there it is. It's an actual international airport. It has a uh, it has a pedestrian side and a military side, right? Okay, so that's where all of this was going down, where apparently the Taliban put a perimeter around uh, around uh, the airport, and uh, the Taliban are kicking people and beating people and shooting people apparently who are trying to get in there. Now, kind of what I'm thinking, guys, is. If the Taliban made an agreement with the United States, uh, whether that is the Pentagon, I don't think it's Biden. Maybe it's the Pentagon. Milley was saying this after all. And I don't trust Milley farther than I could throw my mama. And I would never throw my mama. So I would never trust General Milley. But, you know, General Milley was saying that the Taliban were not interfering at the Kabul airport, but that they were, in fact, assisting in evacuating Americans. So, With that idea in mind, when I'm hearing stories about the Taliban kicking people and shooting people and beating people who are trying to storm the airport, I'm thinking now that they're doing that to the Afghan citizenship, not to the American citizenship. And the reason why they're doing that to the Afghan citizenship is because they're all so freaked out that they're trying to storm the airport to get away to run for their lives. Um, But according to one of the articles I read that there's an actual, there's an actual way, there's an actual way for that uh, orderly um, departure for even Afghan, uh, Afghan citizens. So I don't know. Um, But anyways, so according to the Gateway Pundit, uh, they had done this and let me put this on, I'm going to put this on the screen again, guys. There you go. Victoria is back. Okay. Um, general woke general Milley claims Taliban is not interfering at Kabul airport as white house lashes out at Taliban for interfering at the airport. Now, the reason why I'm going to present this article in the light I'm about to present it is because I have another article that counters it. Okay. So Gateway Pundit, like I said, they got election audits right. I think they need to get their emotions out of Afghanistan because basically if you read everything that's coming out of them right now, it's all emotion based. It's all emotion based. Okay. And uh, that that goes the same for Fox News. You saw Hannity last night. He was very emotional about what's going on in Afghanistan. Every report that you hear coming out of Afghanistan right now is very emotional, okay. And I am just trying to share this with you guys with as an even kill. I know I'm like excited right now, but it's because this is history. I'm um, trying to present this with you with as even a kill and as a balanced platform. So I'm showing you both sides. Uh, you guys already know the side that Afghanistan has fallen to terrorists and uh, God bless America and save the world, right? We're going to show you the other side, which is the anti-mainstream legacy media narrative. That's what we're doing here. So you got two perspectives. Okay, that's the only reason why we're presenting it this way in. And this is actually quite beautiful, guys, because at least we can share with you and we can see in real time how fake news reporting and uh, trying to figure out what's really going on works. Okay. Like this is some of the work. So it's, it's kind of cool that this is happening. Not cool to be apathetic, not cool to be exploitive of what the situation is over there in Afghanistan, but because it exemplifies this um, it exemplifies this bifurcation. It exemplifies, um, it exemplifies this, this dissonance that we see between, you know, between mainstream media lies, fake news and the real world, or at least what we perceive it to be. So uh, it's very interesting when these things happen, because like we're getting 2 I'm, I'm showing you guys two stories here, what they're saying and what I'm finding. And I'm just presenting to you. I just want to say that. OK, so anyway, so and, and that's and again, you know, I respect the Gateway Pundit for everything that they've done, but they need to get their emotions out of this uh, I can read it word for word and another predictable development the Taliban is preventing Americans and US allies from traveling to the Kabul airport and I told you I got another article that defies this okay this is what gateway pundit says and I'm going to share with you the other article right after this uh democrats believed that they could trust the 7th century terrorists to keep their word okay again 7th century terrorists Did you do your homework? We did it here at the Sea Report, and this faction of the Taliban was born out of the Mujahideen in the 1970s and was funded by the CIA. So they ain't 17th century, guys. That's not 17th century by any means. Okay, Uh, then they go on to say Democrats are idiots. Yes, Gateway Pundit, we know this. Okay, on Wednesday morning, the White House lashed out at the Taliban for violating their promises on access to the Kabul airport. At the same time, the White House was lashing out at the Taliban for breaking their word on safe passage. General Mark Victoria Milley was telling reporters the exact opposite was happening. OK, so you have White House lashing out the Taliban for breaking their promises, um, which I guess that would be a Pentagon and whoever's standing in for circle back Soccer. And then you have Mark Milley saying this, the Taliban are in and around Kabul right now, but they are not interfering with our operations. Okay, so then you kind of have to wonder, well, exactly what are your operations over there, Victoria? You know, like what's really going on, right? Um, Because, you know, the Taliban said they had till September 11th. Uh, Biden said he'd be up by September 11th. But then Biden says that, you know, don't don't count on it. Right. So and no one's saying word one about exactly what they want to do. At his Wednesday press conference, Defense Secretary Lloyd Darth Vader Duck Austin and Milley insisted that the Taliban were not interfering. This is just crazy. They have no idea what's going on or how to fix it. So say it the Gateway Pundit. All right. So that's what the Gateway Pundit said. Now, here's an article that came from the Epoch Times, and this article says United States troops fired shots in the air at Kabul airport. Pentagon says, okay, now I know we can't trust the Pentagon, but these are the stories that they are telling us. Okay. So now right away when I was like, wait, what? Okay. So, cause there was a story that came out that talked about how uh, there were two dead Taliban because they opened fire and American soldiers killed them. Fine. You know what? That's good. You need to protect yourself. We don't know the context, obviously, but obviously we're going to back our soldiers in this case because they need to protect themselves and, you know, whatever their mission might be. But this made me think, this made me think about all of the stories that were being told about the Taliban opening fire on people trying to get into the airport, okay? Because like I said, I saw a video where they're at the airport and you hear gunshots, but no one's running, no one's crying, no one's in fear, no one's dying, right? Um, okay, so the article says, American troops fired shots at Kabul's airport in a bid to control crowds trying to enter the facility, the United States Department of Defense said on Wednesday. The shots were largely fired around gates being guarded by United States troops as evacuation flights take off and a mix of Americans and Afghans are processed into the facility. Um, And let me see here. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, John Kirby, he's a spokesman for Pentagon. He says, I can't account for every bullet, but at least some of these were fired by United States personnel on the airport side of the perimeter as crowd control measures, as non-lethal warnings. Okay. Um, no shots were fired by American troops at Afghans or anybody else. I take that at their word, right? Okay, so they're like, you know, you shoot the gun in the air to clear out, you know, like you shoot the gun in the air to clear out and to get everyone back to crowd control, right? So I'm thinking we're hearing these gunshots and people are, you know, people are reporting this on Twitter as Taliban shooting people, right? And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, that could make sense right there. Um, But then uh, it goes on to say, Uh, none of these shots that were, uh, none of these shots that we're aware of have anything to do with hostile intent or hostile activity simply used as crowd control. It's our troops doing what they're trained to do, which is try to hold security at the airport and a semblance of order. And we have no indication that there were any casualties or injuries as a result of these shots being fired. That's what Kirby went on to say, um, the, the report continued, a Taliban official told Reuters that the terrorist group was also firing shots in the air on Wednesday to try to control crowds outside the airport. Okay, so that right there is in, in direct conflict with the Gateway Pundit report. Gateway Pundit is saying uh, terrorists, Taliban, are not working with the United States. But if the Taliban are trying to do crowd control on the outside of the airport and the United States military is doing crowd control on the inside of the airport, they might be working there, guys, together, right? And there were reports that the the Taliban were, at the request of the United States military, trying to control the crowds outside the airport. And so if you see them punching someone off a wall, trying to get to the airport, it's because they're trying to evacuate the American citizens first. These Afghans are freaking out. And again, guys, um, this is just a perspective, you know, don't take my word to the bank and don't think that I'm like I'm like a Durka Durka or anything like that. But like, I'm, you know, I'm just sick and tired of of, it's it's, you know, it's the globalist and these treasonous bastards fault that uh, that we have gotten to this point to where we have to question our military, we have to question our media, we have to question the intentions of our politicians, okay? I'm just doing my patriotic duty and I'm asking the question, okay? That's what we do here at the C Report. We ask the question, okay? So this does not mean that I've become an Islamicist, okay? I'm not gonna start wearing a burqa or a, a jihad. I don't know what the heck you call those things. All I'm saying is there's an, another perspective out there and I think we should do our duty to kind of understand it. And you guys get it. I'm sure you get it, guys. Like, you you guys know. Anyways, okay. <laughs> Enough about that, guys. We're off that subject. Uh, well, we got one more thing on that subject. Now, here's the thing that we should be afraid of, Okay. Because now you have Afghan in the hands of the terror of the Taliban, and uh, you have America doing nothing about it, even though they have you know a few weeks to do it. I mean that that supposedly is what was agreed upon. If it was not agreed upon, then I would like President uh, Biden to come up and be like. The Taliban said that we cannot come back in there. Did he say that? No. The Taliban said that they were going to uh, shut down ta- uh, Afghanistan immediately. Nope, that's not what, that, um, you know, President Biden didn't say that either. In fact, the Taliban are the only ones who have said anything about what's going to happen. The Taliban said you have until September, September 11th. And yet, President Biden could not even confirm that. President Biden could not even speak against that, okay? So, I mean, come on, you know, like, you know I, i'm not i'm not I'm not gonna start growing a beard and wearing a Durka or anything like that. I'm just telling you there's another perspective now finally on this on this front. We have this man here. This is the last update on Afghanistan for today. And may it be the last ever, right? No. But we have this uh, this here, this guy. Uh, this guy is the uh, first vice president of Afghanistan uh, beneath the Ghani president, who is the former World Bank uh, and United States nation employee, right? Who flew the coup with uh, oodles of money. Uh, this guy, his name is uh, Amrullah Saleh, Amrullah Saleh. Okay, so now, now that Ghani has fled with his money, right, from Afghanistan, uh, this guy has decided to stay behind and has declared himself the leader of Afghanistan. Because as the first vice president, once uh, Ghani was gone, the president was gone, then it becomes his duty. This guy is starting to uh, is starting to join and unite forces against the Taliban. uh it looks like it's happening in northern afghanistan right now but basically guys what we're looking at here in afghanistan is another civil war okay and that's the last thing that we want okay but now i just wonder guys and there's nothing there's nothing to this there's nothing at all to this there's no juice no sauce no receipts but there i'm sure that there there are obviously anti-taliban forces throughout the country of afghanistan if you look at Jalalabad right? They had a protest there today. In fact, one of the videos I saw today was from a protest in Jalalabad. And um, it was like Taliban massacre people in Jalalabad for protesting. And all it shows is people in the streets marching in a protest. No shots, no protests, no firing, no, no shooting, no killing, no maiming, no violence, just a stream of people protesting down the streets of Jalalabad, Right. But but the news headline says uh, protesters, you know, arrested and beaten in Jalalalaman. Right. I mean, it makes no. I mean, there's no they don't give you anything, guys. But anyway, so obviously there are anti Taliban forces in Afghanistan. Obviously, after they had this installed government in in Afghanistan by, you know, the globalists, um, you know they brought about uh, they brought about a uh, a democracy a peaceful feeling that the residents of the country natural born were uh, you know appeased with they were content because you know there's the, that's no longer Sharia law and uh, and now we can go about our daily business right so naturally they would be afraid and naturally you'll have some resistance forces that's just the way that works okay but on the flip side of that, I speculatively wonder if any of the armed forces that we're sending in there or any of the armed forces that any other countries who are globalist backed are sending in there are going to support this man, Amarullah Selah, in trying to defeat the Taliban. Just an idea I'm throwing out there. We don't really have to get too much into this story other than the fact that, as per the constitution of Afghanistan, in the absence, escape, resignation, or death of the president, the first vice president, uh, again, this one being Amrullah Saleh, um, uh, becomes the caretaker president of the country. Uh, he says, I'm currently inside my country and am the legitimate caretaker president. And I am reaching out to all leaders to secure their support and consensus. So uh, this story ain't over yet, and uh, it may it, we may it may not be as in, in depth as it has been these last reports here at the Sea Report. Moving forward, um, we might just say there's a civil war; they're killing each other. We'll get back to you when we know who wins, because at this point, what else can we say? All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's real quick turn our attention over to the one, the only General Michael Flynn um, and his interview with John Solomon on John Solomon Reports. Uh, this is just going to be the last caveat of perspective that we'll be presenting to you all tonight on Afghanistan. And that is from a man who has experience in the Middle East and in Afghanistan. He spent like, I think five or six years in Afghanistan. He knows what he's talking about. And of course, having been involved in state affairs and international affairs, the man knows what he's talking about. So, uh, in case you guys haven't gotten to hear it, we'll play that for you now. Uh, This is General Flynn speaking with John Solomon on John Solomon Reports. Journalism work, somebody who served this country
1: with extraordinary honor, including worrying about Afghanistan and Iraq and the war against terror. Joining us right now, the one and only General Mike Flynn. General, welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks for having me John I appreciate everything that you're doing to continue to get the truth out there and you're uh, really really awesome oh, journalistic thank you. talent and through uh, just the news so thanks for what you're doing well you you serve this country with such distinction and figuring out the war against insurgency and terrorism was such an important mm-hmm. part of what you did when you've watched the last seven to nine days in Afghanistan, what has run through your mind as you've watched the American superiority collapse and we're made a mockery in the world and we can't even get our own people out. There's still 10,000 people on the ground. We haven't gotten out. Yeah. I mean, number one, this was all avoidable. It was so
2: avoidable and it was all well known. This is not something that suddenly snuck up on us. It might've snuck up on Joe Biden uh, and maybe some of our senior military leaders, Although it, it would be, I think, I think they would be lying through their teeth. If they were put in front of a, a, uh, an open hearing in Congress, uh, they would be lying through their teeth if they were to say anything, but yeah, we knew that this was hap- going to happen. Yeah. And this business about not, not sensing that it could happen this fast is ridiculous. Yep. So, so that, that's a part of what went through my mind. The other part though, John, that's more concerning is. The bigger issues in play because afghanistan is going to continue to unravel and we're going to have to continue to deal with it we yeah. have thousands and thousands of americans still there we have obviously other people that have supported our cause that are there so there's a lot of people trapped i i i mentioned um you know this latest uh, statement by uh, abdul the first vice president right so there's a lot of there's a lot of things happening uh, in the country in, in afghanistan right now but i'm more concerned about chinese actions and what the nation oh, of china yeah. is is doing you know in the last 24 hours we've seen another set of, of uh of uh, aerial incursions over the Ty- taiwan defense zone and also the greatest beneficiary of this debacle in afghanistan is really china yep. china's china's uh for most people that don't know you you've touched on it at, at many times China's Belt Road Initiative. Oh, yeah. it's one of the one of the big components of that Belt Road Initiative. One of the major geographic, you know, pieces of terrain that China needed was they needed a clear path through Afghanistan, and now they have it. So you're going to see the the, uh, the Chinese Communist Party. They will recognize, you know, the Islamic uh, government of Afghanistan here, the Caliphate of Afghanistan. They're going to they're going to recognize them at at, a, at the right moment. It's going to continue to embarrass the United States. And, you know, I think everybody that, that knows anything about China knows that China is, is not going to play fair with us. Oh, no. You know, this is not, warfare is not fair. You know, that's, that's, that's maybe the title of my next article is warfare is not fair. <laughs> it's not meant to be fair. No. It's meant to be won. Yep. It's meant to be won. And once you win, like we say, it's the, the winner's right history, right? So we are right now in an era. Of American history, where we and I, I don't want to leave people with hopelessness because there's definitely things to do. But we may be in an era of American history that may be where we may be seeing the end of the American dream, and uh, and I I don't want to I don't want to overemphasize that at this stage because we still have an awful lot of things to our advantage uh, with, with the exception of the political class, particularly at the federal level. That is. That is one of our greatest weaknesses right now, and my my bigger message to the American people, when we see these types of tragedies that are unraveling in places like Afghanistan or or our weaknesses that we're showing across the board around the world in our foreign policy, uh, where, where we're just showing massive weakness. I mean, we have the Chinese on our own soil, uh, uh, you know, giving us giving us counsel, and it's just insane. So. We are in a place now in the, in the, in the history of the United States of America that we have not been. We are definitely in a moment of crisis. So now what do we do about it? Because like I always like to tell people, John, and I learned this in, in, as a child and I learned it in the military in space, the bad things are going to happen, but it's not that bad things happen. It's, it's, you're judged by what you do about those bad yeah. things, right? You're judged by how do you overcome those? And to me, I think that America can I believe strongly that America can overcome much of what it is that we're facing, but we've got to get we've got to get the people of this country fired up to the point where people are no longer taking for granted everything that we have, right? We cannot take for granted any of the freedoms. People that are like my age, and I'm I'm about I'm gonna turn sixty three this year. So people that are in wow. my gener- people that are in my generation, we screw this up. I, and I'll I'll I will I will take a, a piece of it. so others can say now he's full of it. No, I think our generation actually turned our children and our grandchildren into these like safe space people, right? <laughs> Young people and safe space and, and, uh, and snowflakers. And, yeah, yeah, that's I what I mean. Time. My father, yeah, my father, my father and mother. I mean, my father is a World War II career war generation right. guy, and they they work their tails off. My father retired as a sergeant from the army. You know, I'm one of nine kids. I mean. we were were given the the ethos of hard work, treat others like they like to be treated, be a lifelong learner and get out there and and, and, and do the best that you can with the God-given talents that you have. This country right now, particularly my generation, had better wake up and get back involved in their communities. There's no more, well, I'm just going to go off and retire and play golf. If you're doing that, then you've given up. You've given up on what is your responsibility as an American citizen. And I think that the people that, that need to get involved in the local school boards, in the local communities, in, in 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 local politics, and even even those that have some leadership skill from the past, or maybe still demonstrate a leadership skill. Maybe you have a pastor. Maybe you have somebody sitting in the pew that you go, "Well, I would really like to see he or she do something for the for our community." I mean, we need to start encouraging each other to do that because otherwise, we're going to have tyranny, and we're going to we're going to find ourselves in a state of anarchy in a country like that in a country that gets overtaken by tyranny and that's that's the sort of that's the discussion that is taking place at many uh, dinner tables and in many bars and in many you know places around the the country today that people feel like our constitutional rights are being taken from us so when we look at Afghanistan to take it back to what's happening uh, overseas this is not just about the failure and the and basically the deceit of ourselves lying to each other and lying about our what we've been able to do for the for the uh, people of afghanistan or for the military of afghanistan you know i listened to biden's speech last night i thought it was pathetic i mean i was like i wanted strength instead i got weakness and i got blame being being pushed to others right he's blaming Mm -hmm. the trump administration i mean Trump didn't get us into that war trump kept us from basically, Trump was the first president in four or five that kept us out of war. So yeah,
1: and he bombed you know, the Taliban to the negotiating table, which uh, the right, Biden administration right. turned away.
2: Right. I mean, a small tactical, a small tactical issue that would have been should have been put, had been in place, but they stopped doing it under yep. this administration. Was was precision strike. That's right. Whenever the Taliban reared its ugly head, and we were downsizing the forces, we were moving towards you know a a clean departure. And if they if they raised their ugly heads there would be a precision strike against them so this administration stopped that so that's a tactical that's a massive tactical error and it was based on arrogance and incompetency and frankly they didn't even bother to talk to the american people about that that's that's part of the problem so so that aside we are in an era right now where the american people my particularly my generation is the one that i'm you know and these are democrats republicans i I call myself a, a jfk democrat now when i was working you know helping helping trump win the last uh, in 2016 and then went into the White House I went into the White House as a Democrat. most people don't know that I was a registered Democrat, but I call myself because my entire family we all grew up sort of in the era of jFk because i'm up, I'm from up in New England here in Rhode Island and um and I, and so if 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 we were if we look at the kinds of things that he espoused and the kinds of things that he was attacking, it would be he would be right in that conservative mode today, you know so, we, our country has shifted, and we're no longer a, a two-party Republican versus Democrats. We're now we're now really a, a socialist versus conservative, and that's sort of where we are. And that divide is growing uh, uh, wider and wider, and the socialist side of that divide is not very uh, large. It's a very small minority of people, yep. frankly. Just very vocal, uh, although, that's all. Uh, but they're very vocal. They're very well-funded. And, and they're in charge inside the federal government. Yeah. And so they have, they have control of things like our education department. They have control of our department of justice, which I'm very familiar with. And they have control of our, of some of our law enforcement and, and definitely some of our intelligence community uh, structure. So that, that's what people in this country need to know. It's not, we, we are still the majority. That's what gives me hope, John. And that's why I'm out talking to the people around this country about you know, what they need to do. I use the phrase, local action has a national impact. People have got to get involved in their local communities like they've never been involved in before and do not let these politicians get away with the, the kind
1: of actions and behavior that they have. I mean, we just cannot allow that.
2: When I was a young
1: boy, my, I used to go every Memorial day with my uncle who was a true world war two hero. He, he Mm -hmm. he walked people through a, a minefield in France under fire and saved his battalion. And, um he would meet with the other uh world war ii vets at that time was in fairfield connecticut and we went out for lunch after one of the memorial day parades and one uh, I, uh one of them asked the other guy hey what's the biggest lesson we can pass down to the next generation they obviously looking at me the young kid at the table and i remember this like it was yesterday one of those soldiers i don't remember his name i just know he's one of my uncle's friends he said the biggest lesson of world war ii is in action is complicity with the enemy. And I, that has stuck with me my whole life. If you yeah. see something wrong and you don't act, you're complicit in the wrongdoing. And we're at one of those moments, I think, in history where if we don't act, we're going to be complicit in a, a, a great destruction of the American experience. It's um, an enormous time. The stakes are very high. I want to take you to something that we opened up the podcast with um uh, before you came on, and that is the current state of politics in Afghanistan. It's a little confusing. We know the American mm-hmm. situation, but Abdullah Abdullah, the first vice president, seems to be the guy running the show right now and negotiating with the Taliban. How does this play out? Does this turn into a civil war? Does Abdullah Abdullah just become a mouthpiece for the Taliban and Taliban in control? But what do you, uh, you, you know, this region better than anyone. What, what do you think yeah. comes out over the next few months? Yeah. So if Abdullah, it, you know, and I and I think you'll be hopefully you'll be able to play that cut. But um, so if
2: Abdullah does what he says he's doing, which it, he's the first vice president, and by their constitution, since Ghani you know absconded the country and left, uh, Abdullah is now by by the by the Afghan constitution in charge of the country. So I think what he's going to do is he's going to sequester himself somewhere in the country. Right. You know, and and there there are some capable forces in Afghanistan, and they're primarily the. Special operations forces that have been trained, and they are very good. And and I know some of these guys, and I know that I certainly know their commanders. So they're I know that they're fighting today, and they've actually taken a few losses, but they will protect Abdullah. Abdullah will stay in the country. The country will likely fight for Cape meaning it'll it'll split kind of along lines of, of that it used to be. You know where you have the sort of the north south divide. Even though uh, the Taliban took over Mazar Sharif and Khandus. there are still uh, areas up in the north, particularly uh that will uh, that will stay as safe zones for people like Abdullah. Right. So he will he will put demands now out to the American uh, to the to America and to the international community to say, hey, look, you know, we had agreements we had we had responsibilities and I'm still in charge and we need to protect many of these people. We don't want thousands and thousands and thousands of refugees to depart Afghanistan and go off into the northern stands or go off to America or go off to Europe. We want our people to be protected. So we're going to need help because there's going to have to be, even in war, you continue to, to negotiate, as we have seen with our negotiations over the many decades now, negotiating with the Taliban, which turned into a disaster for this for this particular administration because they gave up Shit that that yeah. a guy like Trump carried so and wielded so well.
1: Sorties and, and went uh, down by uh, more than seventy percent. Right. We just didn't keep the air power up even as we were withdrawing right. troops. Was it a big mistake to give up Bagram early?
2: Absolutely. We should have never given up Bagram. One of the yeah. one of the big mistakes there, John, that most most listeners they probably don't know, but one of the big mistakes is the prison that yep. was on Bagram was filled with people that were the bad that guys. That were that came from Gitmo in many cases yep. that we we then sent back to Afghanistan yep. and now they're all they're now free. they're all released. These these are all leaders. These are all leader types. Okay. Mm. These are all seasoned seasoned terrorists and seasoned soldiers and warriors. <sighs> uh, in a in a in a culture that produces you know warriors. You know I mean far more than than uh, than what than what people uh, you know actually know. Yeah. So so that prison being released being opened up. And all those those guys back on the on the battlefield now, so to speak, gives them another uh another capability that they did not have while we continue to maintain Bagram. So yeah, we should have kept Bagram and and should have continued to protect Kabul International, particularly the military side of it. And yep. and uh, frankly, you everybody has seen the the C seventeen Star Wars yeah. right now they're that are taken off with the people falling out and I mean it's, it's just incredible. I mean
1: it is. It makes uh, Saigon know, look like a, a- an orderly exit. It really does. And, oh, my God. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, listen, exactly. Leon Panetta, who's a lifelong Democrat, said this is Biden's Bay of Pigs moment. It was so badly thought out, it's a disaster of epic proportions. And that's a Democrat yeah. saying that. I mean, yeah.
2: Well, Leon Panetta, I got a lot of respect for Leon Panetta yeah. on certain levels sure. because he, he's a, you know, I do believe that Leon Panetta is not a left leaning socialist. No, I really. No. I, I don't believe that he is that, but, but Leon level. Panetta, he, but Leon, he, Leon needs to step up and, and start to talk about the direction that the country's taking, yeah. where, we're, where we're, we're ripping apart the constitutional rights right out of people's lives. Yeah. And so guys like Leon Panetta, you know, he, if he's listening, he's got a voice out there in the Demo- within the Democratic Party, and he needs to get that party back to the track that it was on. We can fight and debate you know, the the ideas between liberalism and conservatism all day long. But when we're talking about socialists and Marxists and communism in this country, like we've never seen before, guys like Leon
1: Panetta need to, need to speak up. Yeah. No, they can be powerful voices at the end of their careers. And, uh, And uh, it's going to take everyone. This is a moment where people have to put party aside and put country first. And we'll see if we can do that. I want to dig down to one last question because you touched on this at the beginning. And to me, it may be the biggest of of the lies. Yeah, I called out President Biden this morning through a lot of factual reporting, because he literally said yesterday, I never thought we should have done nation building in the country. And he actually sponsored the first nation building law. He actually called for a Marshall Plan, and he criticized Republicans at the time who thought nation building was bad. So one statement he made yesterday, demonstrably false. But there's another one that happened about three or four months ago that I call the sugar pill moment of this. He said in front of the cameras, and then General Milley, when he wasn't talking about right privilege, Reiterated this a couple of days later. I have full confidence that the Afghan army and its 300,000 are well trained and will be able to hold off the 75,000 force of the Taliban. At the moment he said that, when I looked through the Sigur reports, just going through the Special Inspector General, not having access to classified information, Sigur said, listen, the Afghan army is so bad they can't even fuel their own uh, trucks right. They, they lose fuel. They can't do it right. They're sloppy. Uh, they They basically are the equivalent of a, a girl's lemonade stand trying to fight the Taliban. There were all of these warnings at the Sigar, including in July. Right as the President was saying this, yeah. when the President looked at the American people and said that, was he lying to the American people? Did he or should he have known that this force was never going to withstand the Taliban? Of course, he not not should have known. He knew. He knew. And I, because and
2: you mentioned Sigar, the the yeah, I.G. Uh, good, uh, the man. Afghan reconstructions. Right. Yeah, go pull mine. Pull my uh, my interview that they did, which is now public. It came out through a FOIA request while I was being persecuted by the right. Department of Justice and it got it got quashed because of because it was a really positive thing from my standpoint as right. to what I was when they were you know, all these all this noise about what I was doing. Pull pull my my file and my Cigar report that I provided and it says exactly the same it's just it's sad. I'm sad because I was asked to come in to to basically give my assessment and I've been given assessments for years on Afghanistan. Yep, I just, you had. I, five years of my life over there. So I I I, I know this. Yeah. And so, yes. So it's not he should have known. He knew as well as our other uh military leaders. And yet all along, every, every, every general, I'm one of them. I mean, I, you know, we all sort of kept saying, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Things are, things are just fine. They're going to be fine. I, you know, pull that SEGAR report. That was for you, and uh, I
1: sure and, will. And
2: post it if you don't mind, or I'll send it. I'll, I'll send no, it I'll dig it right course. up. You don't have to do the work. I'll yeah. find that in five yeah. minutes, and, and we're going to write this tonight. Yeah, I mean, pull up, pull it up, and, and you'll pull. You can pull quotes right out of it. Yeah. It's unbelievable. We have always known this. We've always known this, and the, the challenge is, is that you know, and I'll, I'll shut up on, on, on this remark. We are still in Europe, okay. So after World War II, yeah. one of the things my father my father was involved in training military police. Uh, after the war ended. he stayed in a place called Oberammergau at a joint German uh, um, U.S. Uh, military police training academy. So we can train police, right? We can train like because that's what you want more of. You want good police instead of instead of uh, you know a big army, right? right. So so one of the, and, we're, and we're still in Europe after however many years, 75, 80 years, I and mean, we're still yeah. in Europe. So. There is a reason why you have to stay for a, a long time with certain things, with certain things. I mean, in hindsight, you know, being 2020, when should we have left Afghanistan? When when President Hamid Karzai was elected in 2004, yep. not in 2002, because 2002 was very dangerous. Yeah, there was a it was lot so of understand it. On the ground. Yep. But when Karzai was elected in 2004, the Taliban had, had left the country. They were, they were really beaten up pretty badly. Karzai was elected. We should have left then and said, the cars I hear, look, we'll dump in, you know, a couple of billion dollars a year to your to your coffers. You guys have these responsibilities. We will come in periodically and do some training with you. But that's it. It's your responsibility. It's your baby. Instead, what we did was we doubled and tripled down because we were in this mess yeah. called Iraq at the time, which is which today. And I and I think Trump would, would agree with me. In fact, I think he said it. Probably one of the biggest strategic mistakes we ever made was going into
1: Iraq. Yeah. So. Anyway, it's under an you it's know. I sat on. with uh, George H. W. Bush back in 2011, and he was mm-hmm. reflecting on his son's own leadership. And of course, he loved his son W and Jeb very much. But he said to me, as an elder statesman, going into Iraq was the wrong thing. We should fi- we should have finished the mission in Afghanistan and uh, made a more calculated decision. And and that's he talking about his own son's president presidential decisions. Pretty remarkable moment in my career. Remembering that. Um, general this is such amazing stuff and and uh, i think the next few weeks are going to be so tenuous um, what decisions we make could have a domino effect in years of impact yeah. i'd love to get you back on real soon because there's no one that understands the country as well as you do yeah the other thing and i'll
2: leave it with this there's a, another uh, report that i wrote in 2009 that's right uh, called fixing intel in afghanistan actually yep. you know Stick that on, on your website and people can pull that down and, and take a read through that. It's yeah.
1: That created a lot of shockwaves because a lot of the people in the intelligence community didn't like the, the, the no. being called out for what was literally big failures, particularly in humans. Right, right. And so I
2: mentioned that, John, just because it's worth reading again. People need to read it to say, Jesus, what, what have we been doing for the last two decades, 20 yeah. years? Incredible I and mean, just incredible. I, I feel so sorry, so sad, sad, more than sorry for you know the lives that have been lost and the tragedy that has been you know you know sort of beholden to yeah. uh, not just not just uh, Afghanistan but all of the American servicemen and women who have served and 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 suffered and those uh, families who have lost loved ones uh, who have given the ultimate you know ultimate measure of devotion to our nation who have lost their lives I mean it, you know you, the question is is it worth it I I, I can't answer that right now John I, I because I'm I'm sort of I'm yeah I'm so I have such a, a level of anxiety about that issue because I've seen guys who have gotten killed and I've and I've uh, gone to funerals I've gone to memorial services i have gone to ramp what they call ramp service ramp side ceremonies uh, you know in combat and and uh Jesus I just I'm at a loss for words but I just know that
1: that those people deserve our prayers and our thanks. hundred percent. They do. Every person that served in any role deserves our, our lifelong gratitude because we could not have escaped so much of the terror attacks that probably would have been heaped on this country had it not been for the bravery and precision and excellence of our troops. And this is a failure of policy. It's not a failure of the incredible fighting men and women of America. And right. Right. Um, we're, we've got a lot we, I, 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 I always say I always have full I think we're going right. to pull through this but boy we got to make some good decisions quick don't we sir yeah we sure do and
2: uh, and so you just keep doing what you're doing with Justin News and I appreciate well, what you represent for journalism frankly because journalism is is a dying uh, profession without people like yourself and, and, and your audience and this audience you know is a smart audience because they really do pay attention they're switched on and they and they do get involved i believe that, there's certain there's certain audiences out there and i think yours is yours is one among them that uh, that get involved and so uh mm-hmm. so anyway, we're gonna so do the best to keep doing. them
1: educated yep. we're, we're so grateful yep. for what you do sir every yep. day and for the time you spent with us today we're all smarter for it Yep. Well, thank you very much. And we'll be back on here. Let me, just let me know. Okay, All right, sir. Thank you very uh, much. God, General. Bless. God bless you too. God bless. Folks, we're going to take a quick commercial
0: break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up things for the day. You have heard Mr. Solomon. We're going to take a quick commercial break. <laughs> just kidding. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So there you have it. That was an interview with uh, John Solomon reports. And also, one, General Michael Flynn, much endeared, much loved, much respected, Um, and uh, a bit of perspective on what he has to say uh, from his experience with uh, the uh, Middle East, Afghanistan, Taliban, and some of the intel that he has regarding their military. Hmm? You know, we hear Biden saying uh, that uh, their military just uh, just didn't have the heart to keep on fighting, you know, and then he's saying that they're totally inept. And then uh, President Trump is saying that we were paying them to stay and fight. So God, look, even there you have it, right? But I I think that uh, President Trump and General Flynn's uh, perspectives align a little bit closer to each other than do say one, uh, you know, illegitimate Joe. Uh, I think we can all agree on that. But yes, great interview. Always good to hear the words of um, our general, just like our president, right, General? Ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so that wraps up. That wraps up Afghanistan. I think I went a little bit longer on it than I had intended to. I still got a couple of more stories for tonight and then we'll call it a wrap uh, real quick. Uh, Ohio Kimmy, thank you for the cookies. Sean Joe also as well. Thank you so much for that like, Cookie wait, That's yesterday. My bad. <laughs> Where was I? I was actually actually reading yesterday. It's my bad. Derailing, thank you for the cookie. Love your sense of humor. Much appreciated. And Ohio Kimmy with the cookie. Thank you for keep keeping my cookie jar filled. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, a lot to consider, guys. I was uh, reviewing some of the chat. You know, I mean, we, we won't quite touch into the burkas and G-string question. But, you know, there's just all those perspectives out there, guys. Oh, thank you, Ohio Kimmy, again, for the cookie. All those perspectives out there. Um, <clears throat> and, you know... Uh, I, I guess if you're talking about like Islam, you know, and that, that even though it's, I guess it's the same base, but a different way of belief when you're talking about something like Sharia, you know, I mean, people look at, uh, people look at various religions and they think they're crazy, you know, and they think that they're a prudent or whatever Um, But I mean, as long as you're not killing people or violating human rights, um, I guess I could understand. But then again, I'm not from that side of the world and I wouldn't want to have to wear a mask over my face. Oh, look at us now, right? I wouldn't want to have to wear a mask over my face for the rest of my life um, or a cover or a hood. Uh, but that's just saying, you know, like, uh, that's just kind of the way it is there, guys. Um, but anyways, we're not going to get off into that. That's like that's like what a theological discussion. We're not about to have a theological discussion tonight, guys. We already spent enough time in the Middle East for tonight. Uh, we spent so much time on the other side of the world today. It's like, why even have an international port? Ha <laughs> ha. Just kidding. We're still going to do it. Country gal on the sea gifting a can. Thank you much, sweetie. Uh, toast to all who gave the ultimate sacrifice. Bless your souls and God bless you less. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, to those who have fought uh, for our country. And, you know, there was a there was an interesting comment there. Also, I think it was by Shepherding Shepherd uh, who had said, uh, how many of the people who are trying to flee are deep state operatives? I mean, they're Americans, but they're deep state operatives. Now, does that mean that they're worth any less? I mean, va- value of life speaking? No. I mean, whenever I, I saw that story, about the the reporter who's getting stomped on by the taliban i thought i mean well hey wouldn't you want that to happen to anderson cooper uh wouldn't you want that to happen you know to like uh, all these other yahoo's out there so i mean but yeah but for the value of life obviously but definitely for those defending us and protecting us for sure um just v thank you for the can uh thanks for the interview you're most welcome and the speak hey speak what's up when'd you get into the uh, when'd you get into the fray Speaking of easy gifting the cookie, here's another cookie, my brother. And add that to the jar, regards from the bartender. As long as it is an alcohol-infused cookie, we're solid. (laughs) All right, guys. Let's go ahead and get into our final stories for tonight. It's going to take us away from the perils of Afghanistan and the confusedness and take us right into the confusing uh, annoyance of what... Critical race theory. Okay, so uh, the stories I'm going to present. Uh, one's kind of a win, all right, so it's a good thing, and the other one's kind of like it's it's another perspective type of story. Merkers, thank you for the can, sweetie. Appreciate you. All right, so uh, let's talk a little bit about this real quick. Uh, what do we got here? We have the uh, state of Alabama. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, the Alabama Board of Education, to be specific has banned, 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 banned. They forbid the teaching of critical race theory. So it looks like we have a win here, right? A win from Alabama. The nine-member Alabama Board of Education, which is an elected executive agency, determined that education policy for the state's kindergarten through 12 schools um, that Alabama Governor K. I. V. Ivey is also a, a president of that board, has decided that the teaching of critical race theory is not to be accepted within their public school systems. So that is a very good thing indeed. Hooray! At least we can get one communist Marxist theorem out of one state, right? Uh, now, aside from uh, uh, K- uh, Governor Kay Ivey, now I've heard Governor Ivy is, a, is a, a rhino. So, you know, I'm glad that she's, uh, she's not dropping trow on this uh, subject in particular, um, but that she's actually, you know, backing it up. Uh, the resolution is titled, The Preservation of Intellectual Freedom and Non-Discrimination in Alabama's Public Schools. And it goes on to state, the Alabama State Board of Education believes that all individuals are endowed with equal inalienable rights without respect to race or sex. Concepts that impulse fault, blame, a tendency to oppress others or the need to feel guilt or anguish to persons solely because of their race or sex violate the premises of individual rights, equal opportunity and individual merit. Um, Such concepts have no place in Alabama's public educational system. Uh, So that's a big hurrah right there. The article continues. The measure adds that the board will not support any K through 12 public education resources or standards intended to indoctrinate students in social political ideologies that promote one race or sex above another. Now, on August 12th, the board approved a resolution by a 7-2 to two vote that forbids the teaching of material that would indoctrinate students in social or political ideologies that promote one race or sex above another. The resolution was approved along all party lines. All seven Republicans on the board voted for it, while the board's two Democrats, you might have guessed it, voted against it. Alongside the resolution, the board approved an administrative rule that would permit action to be taken against teachers who contravene the policy. And uh, that's actually pretty important because I'm sure you guys have all seen all of the little TikTok uh, uh, videos that the the teachers of the world, right? Uh, Shame to say most of them are my age or younger, uh, who are like, I've had it. Come on, guys, we need to stand up. I'm not going to take not being able to teach pe- kids about racism. Kids need to know. Kids need to know that they are racist. Kids need to know that white people are bad. Kids need to know. And I'm like, really? Like, what world did you grow up in? And how neglected were you by your parents that you feel the need to suffocate children with your own convoluted mind wash? Anyways, so go Alabama. We'll take that one for tonight. Here's to Alabama, right? Okay, good job, Alabama. Getting critical race theory out of the picture. But on the heels of that, we have a follow-up to the story. Now, you might recognize that face, but the last time you saw that face, he was in uniform. Uh, this is a Lieutenant Colonel uh, Matthew Lohmeyer. Okay, now Matthew Lohmeyer is indeed... Uh, the lieutenant colonel who served as a member of Space Force, right? This guy was up in that Space Force program and, uh, he was dismissed from his position, uh, for speaking out against Marxism. Now, you guys remember that story? You know, he, uh, he made a big deal. He, he called out his representative, uh, well, his, uh, his, uh, uh hi, his, uh, higher ups, right? He called out his bosses <laughs> and he told them, look, Like, uh, this is Marxist, this is communist, you know, I'm not standing for it, right? And uh, they effectively removed him from his post, okay? Uh, So now, to be sure, like, because I did not know this at the time, but he actually wrote a book, as you might see it here on this uh, little window screen here. Um, The book is entitled Irresistible Revolution Marxism's Goal of Conquest and the Unmasking and the Unmaking of the American Military. So in this book, he goes on to talk about how Marxist ideologies and critical race theory and all that stuff have seeped into our military, have seeped into our, um, you know, to our armed forces and have begun to erode the very foundations that protect their lives, of course, because if you bring politics into war, if you bring politics into saving lives, then you're just going to get distracted, right? It's like it's like transgenders on the battlefield wondering if G.I. Joe wants to sleep with them in the foxhole. No pun intended, okay? Like, we don't got time for that, okay? Like, you need to be worried about that some other day. Anyways, okay, so... Uh Lohmeyer published this book um, warning about the spread of Marxism and crit- critical race theory in the military and was on the podcast promoting the book. So he was on a podcast promoting it. Right. And uh, he made some remarks about uh, about how, you know, this is, you know, it's seeping into our armed forces. It's basically a poison. Right. It's going to make us weak. It's going to divide us. Uh, um, because that is the intention of Marxist critical race theory, which all boils down to, you know, a uh, class division and it all boils down to separation and it boils down to conflict. And then it basically comes down to chaos at that point. And the only ones who can save them are the ones who installed it in the first place. Right? Well, um, because he made these remarks lo my, on this podcast, he was ordered, uh, there was an investigation that was ordered on him. We're just doing a little bit of a recap um, because they believe that his comments constituted prohibited partisan political activity. So because this guy is saying that communism is against everything that America stands for, and it's against the American way of life, it's against the Constitution, it's against our founding fathers, it's against everything that is the fabric of the foundation of this country, his leaders told him that he was engaging in partisan political activity it's such a shame. It's such a crying shame. Um, as of this report, it has been confirmed that, uh, he will, he will serve his last day on September 1st. Uh, so he was not court-martialed. Uh, he was not dishonorably, uh, dishonorably discharged. Um, I believe the agreement here is that he will be honorably discharged, but he will not have a retirement. Um, But he will, he will, in fact, uh, be no longer in service as of the 1st of September. Now, uh, Lieutenant General Stephen Whiting, the Space Operations Command commander, relieved Lohmeyer of his command of a squadron in May of this year due to a loss of trust and confidence in his ability to lead, the Space Force said at that time. Um, so, uh, Lohmeyer, you know, basically, um, and actually guys, uh, as per a treat, I do have a little bit of an interview here with, uh, this, um, this former, well, current, but soon to be former Lieutenant Colonel Lohmeyer, uh, where he talks about critical race theory coming into the armed services and also tells a little bit about his story. Um, because, you know, he went through the chain of command, he did everything that he could and nothing was being taken care of. And in the end, uh, they just decided to separate from him. I mean, it's it's utterly disgusting that someone is speaking about a political or a governmental theory that is clearly anti-American. And yet, even in Space Force, guys, this is kind of what throws me for a loop. Even in Space Force, they are uh, reprimanding him. They are punishing him. They are singling him out. It's kind of disgusting. Uh, But that is what we see happening today. Now, this is from uh, American Thought Leaders, which is an Epoch Times release. And this is all about Lohmeyer. In case you were curious, we'll play that for you now.
3: If we pursue ideas and ideology that is intent upon dividing American society, we will fall. How has critical race theory made its way into the U.S. military? The changing of language definitions subtly over time can remake a a society and a culture. An ideology rooted in Marxist theories. This is exactly what we're looking at as a Marxist cultural revolution. In this episode, I sit down with Lieutenant
4: Colonel Matt Lohmeyer, author of Irresistible Revolution, Marxism's Goal of Conquest and the Unmaking of the American Military. Soon after he spoke about the book publicly, he was relieved of his command, and his status in the military remained uncertain until recently
3: and he said basically all whites are racist
4: this is American Thought Leaders and I'm Yanya Jekielek Matt Lohmeyer such a pleasure to have you on American Thought Leaders Jan thanks for having me on I'm
3: happy to be here so Matt tell me what are you seeing in the military let me say up front that uh, these are my opinions and I don't speak for the defense department what I've been seeing in the military during uh, the past year specifically has been uh, what I'll call the hyper politicization of our military forces uh, in our diversity equity and inclusion trainings and I've recognized uh, in those trainings both the vocabulary uh, and the narratives of the Marxist revolutionary impulse is what I'll call it and uh, I'm also seeing a double standard at play, Um, and what I mean by that is that it seems that people are allowed to, service members, are allowed to advocate for the revolutionary agenda, narrative, and cause, but to either disagree with talking points or ideas or to point out the partisanship is to have a finger wagged back at you and to be accused of being politically partisan. Our service members are trained that they're, they're supposed to be apolitical and for good reason. And yet every aspect of their lives at the moment is becoming politicized. I spoke up and said, we need to remove the politics from our military environment. And I was uh, relieved of my command for being politically partisan. And so where does that leave our young service members right now who uh, who are supposed to be apolitical, but yet want to retain their beliefs, values, and be able to speak freely. Almost three months ago, you
4: were relieved of your command in the Space Force after you wrote your book, Irresistible Revolution. And so I guess before we start, before we talk about the book, which I've really enjoyed reading, um, where are things now for you?
3: Yeah, first I'll say up front, I am still active duty, though I'm on terminal leave. And terminal leave means uh, I'm separating from the service, and my last day in the service is 1 September. Where things stand for us at the moment is that for the past three months, um, we've heard that there was an alleged investigation that was ongoing in the Pentagon, but I've not had any communication about that, either from my chain of command or from the Air Force Inspector General's office, who is the one that I think was to be conducting an investigation. Uh, And so I wrote a letter to then acting Secretary of the Air Force, explaining certain circumstances which which I don't plan to make public, uh, but also um, requesting an early retirement and a separation honorably from the service. And uh, they've denied me an early retirement but agreed that they would separate me. And so my family and I have decided that that's the best course of action for us right now, given the circumstances. I've sometimes, whether you want to call it tongue-in-cheek or not, uh, just said I been I was fired, or you've seen it show up in that way. Uh, and some people had presumed <laughs> that that meant I was no longer in the service um, or that I'd been kicked out of the military, and that wasn't true either. So I was in command of a space-based missile warning unit um, in Colorado, and uh, at the time that I published the book and spoke about it publicly on a podcast, my chain of command deemed my behavior politically partisan in nature, and that was the allegation at the time that I was relieved of my command of the space-based missile warning unit. Now, I was still a, a lieutenant colonel on active duty in the Space Force from that day on, but the day that I was relieved of command on the phone, the general officer who had relieved me of command asserted that it was because I was politically partisan while acting in an official capacity, which I've always denied that I was relieved of command, and then the investigation was open to determine whether or not I was actually politically partisan while acting in an official capacity, which seems ironic uh, because perhaps it is. And so I never did hear an outcome uh, from that uh, investigation. And I read in the news, uh, whether it was several days later or a week later, that that investigation had been stood down by the Department of the Air Force and that the Department of the Air Force's Inspector General Office at the highest level in the Complaints Office in the uh, Department of the Air Force, had opened their own investigation to, in, into these issues or these matters. And it was about that vague. And so whether it was me or a whole host of people that were a part of that investigation, I just can't pretend to say, and I still don't know and haven't heard. But um, in case there are some viewers or listeners that would be quick to think that I'm just some disgruntled service member who decided this was my issue. I was going to pick a fight over. Um, they'd be wrong. I had attempted before ever writing a book to use my chain of command and the me- the internal mechanisms available to every service member for these kinds of complaints for many months before I ever put pen to paper and began writing what became Irresistible Revolution. Uh, I had used every member of my chain of command, in fact, to the very top. I'd had uh, both in-person and phone conversations with them about some of what I was seeing, expressing my concern that it was dividing our force. And then I filed a formal Inspector General's Office complaint uh, in writing a seven-page memo that happened to go to the same three-star general that ended up later relieving me of my command duties. Uh, And they sat on that through the election cycle. In November, December, and January, waiting for an outcome, it seemed to me, before they made an adjudication of my own complaint about the teaching of critical race theory at my base, which was in direct contravention of President Trump's executive order at the time, banning such trainings in federal agencies. And so I felt nearly no other option other than to write a book and discuss the issues publicly so that we could uh, invite many people into the discussion. So you mentioned diversity, equity, and inclusion uh,
4: being, uh, you know, a theme that's uh, taught extensively in the military now. Um, This doesn't seem to many to be problematic and seems, in fact, to be quite laudable. What's the issue with this?
3: It can seem like a laudable goal. The issue, I think, was well stated by Carol Swain, who uh, recently and several times has said that The diversity, equity, and inclusion industry is steeped in critical race theory, which is rooted in Marxist ideology. And that's 100% correct. The trouble with that is Marxist ideology and a particular aspect of Marxist ideology that I focus on in both my writings and in understanding this issue is the oppressor versus the oppressed narrative that is developed by Marx and Engels in their 1848 Communist Manifesto. When you start to lump people either into economic class stratifications or into race identity groups and insist that one group by virtue of their identity is is inherently an oppressor and in our race dialogue discussions, that is the white group. And in, uh, in another group, based on their racial identity is an oppressed and victimized group of people, then you start to breed division and animosity among in between those groups of people and breed distrust. Now, critical race theory does exactly what I've just described. It has capitalized on race essentialism and race division in our dialogue and redefined terms that that are a large part of the diversity, equity, and inclusion industry and their redefined terms and vocabulary are now showing up in our military training sessions. Instead of unifying people and helping us solve some of the problems or issues we're currently facing, it actually plants new ones and it causes greater division. And um, I've seen that uh, as an active duty service member, I've seen it as a commander uh, in our in our armed forces. I wonder if you could just give
4: me some examples of uh you know, what you've seen, how this is more broadly changing, how the military is operating in your view.
3: A few examples of what I've seen in the past year. When I showed up in command in Colorado, it was shortly in the aftermath of George Floyd's death. And the Black Lives Matter movement was actively crafting a narrative that was proliferating throughout Western society. It had been around since at least, I think, 2013. But in 2020, they were wildly successful at at capitalizing on an anti-American narrative. Um, Many of the themes that you saw showing up in these anti-American narratives were also used in projects like the New York Times 1619 project. The narratives that you see showing up from groups like that began to infiltrate U.S. military bases in our diversity, equity, and inclusion trainings that we were not just having maybe semi-annual as we occasionally have trainings, other trainings like uh, sexual harassment and sexual assault prevention trainings and suicide prevention trainings. Those have been around in the military for a very long time. These diversity or race discussion down days that we were having, and I'll specifically speak to my base, were happening frequently now all of a sudden, and we were being shown videos that I would call propaganda videos, that demonized the Constitution of the United States. You shouldn't be allowed to serve in uniform if you're going to, from your official position, push out anti-American, anti-Constitution videos to the people at your base and say that they should watch them in preparation for a down day where we were going to discuss race. I participated in a reading club that was advocated for by base leadership, in which we read a book by Ijeoma Oluo called So You Want to Talk About Race, in which not only was the United States, its founders, and its founding documents demonized, but the discussion guide in the back of the book encouraged the, the whoever was going to facilitate the discussion to make sure that if white people want to center their feelings, they separate themselves from the group and go find other white people to center their feelings so that people of color do not have to share their burdens. The book also recommended which organizations they should be donating their excess money to if they weren't sure who to give donations to, what type of political candidates they should be supporting and what issues they should be voting for. I mean, it's exceptionally partisan. I point out in a formal complaint that these things are going on and it's dismissed. I write a book about these things going on and I'm fired from my command position for being politically partisan. And I want to make that point really clear too, because yeah, you can say I'm partisan for taking an opposing stand in my own personal values. But the whole reason this came up is because I was trying to get rid of the partisanship from our active duty military service uh, organizations. It doesn't belong in the military. Our young people don't want to have this stuff. Jam down their throats. And and as it was and it was showing up often, to bring it up was to be labeled politically partisan. And so where does that leave, you know, a good chunk of your service members in uniform who don't want politics in the workplace? Are they allowed to speak up and say, hey, I, I identify that as offensive and politically partisan? And so I was seeing things like that. I had a young female come into my office as a result of these trainings that we were having on the base. Uh, and and say that she had never been raised to believe that she was an outsider in this country, but because of the trainings that she was receiving from the base and from the chaplain, the chaplain, political trainings, race trainings, she had learned that she was an outsider not just in her own country, but in the, in the military, in the uniform. That's false. No one's an outsider in the military because of the race, but we're teaching people to start thinking that way. And so... When I start seeing that as a commander in charge of young people and have a, who has a stewardship for their well-being and a mission to accomplish, it has no place in my organization. And to bring that up, my chain of command, and to see no real attention paid to those issues, it, it necessitated making the discourse go public. There's a reason people trust our military. It's because, historically speaking, we're not uh, politicized. Why did you join the military in the first place?
4: Like, what are what are your, I'm going to ask you more about the motivations of the book, but I guess it would be good to understand your general motivations for being there in the first
0: place. Okay. And we will pause it there, ladies and gentlemen. Now, if you would like to hear the rest of this hour-long interview, uh, I would encourage you to check out American Thought Leaders by the Epoch Times. It might be behind the paywall. I can give you my password if you want, but like very good information uh, again, just a little bit more uh, more of an update on what was going on with Lieutenant Colonel Lohmeyer and uh, his stand against critical race theory. And you're right. Like it is criminal that he was, he was uh, ejected or uh, dismissed from his uh, his post uh, just because he was fighting for what America believes at its core. Uh, and and that antithesis that is Marxism, communism, critical race theory. And like he said right there, he recognized it and he he took his position in a non uh, he took his position in a long, non politicized, non politicized uh, arena. Um, um, and, and he saw the way it was affecting those that were um, were, were his uh, subordinates or beneath him or whom he was instructing. And you know, it, it mirrors what we see in the schools, all about this division, and this ultimately would just make our armed forces weaker. So ultimately, we have to thank this man for taking the stand that he has and drawing the attention to it. Like we said, he had this book uh that he had put out. Um, again, the name of that book was uh uh was it Insatiable, Inevitable Revolution? I think it was inevitable revolution. Uh, but yeah, but like he said, um, he, uh, he requested for an early retirement and to separate honorably from the services. Uh, they denied him an early retirement, but they did agree to separate him. Um, and he and his family thought that that would be the, the, best, uh, the best course to take considering everything that was going on. Um, he does have plans to accept public speaking engagements and also offer consulting services. There's no telling what else this, this, uh, uh, this, um, former Lieutenant Colonel will do. Uh, I mean, who knows, you might see him running for office someday. Um, he's also received a slew of invitations to various events and conferences, uh, to do that. And, you know, and, and so like, uh, this whole critical race theory thing, you heard how he mentioned the 1619 project um And if you guys, if you guys recall or if you know uh, about the whole 1619 project, starting from the New York Times article that came out of this, what was this, uh, this academic by the name of Nicole Hannah-Jones. Y'all know who Nicole Hannah-Jones is? This is her right here. That's Nicole Hannah-Jones. Uh, if you ask me, guys, I always kind of thought she looked like Pennywise. <laughs> like, to me, she looks like Pennywise. Look at, look at this one. Pennywise, like, Yeah. <laughs> I guess you see it more with the red hair, right? You see it more with that, that red hair and that white face. What is going on with this picture? Okay. Where's that? This one. Yeah. Pennywise, Pennywise the clown. Pennywise the clown wrote about critical race theory and taught everyone how to be weak and racist in the United States of America and uh, how to, uh, how to espouse Marxist and communist ideas so as to create division and chaos within a society so that the globalists could then take over it and trample on the people with an iron boot for all and ever and into eternity. I'm sorry, Miss uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones, but uh, we are Americans, and that we do not believe and will not put up with, period. So uh, um, best wishes, a lot of respect and a lot of love, positive energy going to Lieutenant Colonel, former um, Matthew Alomeyer and his fight. I guess we'll see where he ends up, guys. Like I said, you never know. Maybe someday he'll run for president, uh, but we'll see how that ends up in the end, as they say. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up the C-Report for tonight. Uh, Wednesday Sandwich Day, August 18, 2021. Man, guys, August is already over. I mean, it's done. It's a done deal, ladies and gentlemen. Pill by the Rabbit says I should interview him about his book. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'll put that on the list. You know, uh, sometimes I'm lucky, sometimes I'm lucky, and people will come on the show to be interviewed. Uh, but uh, I've had a lot of rejection so far, uh, to be to be honest. But that won't deter me. Um but you know what uh, pill by the rabbit uh you know the best interview on a book interview would mean that I'd have to read that book first so I'd have to get my hands on it that way I don't insult the author I mean you don't you don't want to go in there and not know what the heck uh they wrote about because that's uh yeah <laughs> Anyways ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning in tonight Ohio Kimmy thank you for that cookie keeping that cookie jar full keeping me nice and and plump I appreciate you. And uh, I hope you all have a great evening. We will be back mañana. That is tomorrow. Same place, same time. 7.30 p.m. uh, Texas time. 8.30 p.m. Trump time. 5.30 p.m. West Coast time. Uh, But until then, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys have a great night. Be blessed. Be safe. And God bless America. We'll see you all next time.